0: Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm tipster, landlord and host at the Pinnacle Larder. How you doing? My name is James
1: Key. I'm the trivia nerd from Louisville, Kentucky. Howdy, I'm Corey with Third
2: Degree Entertainment over in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. And I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia in Chicago. How are you guys all doing this week? Oh, we're here yeah i am surviving i am
0: resting off an enormous amount of cheese
2: (laughs) (laughs) so for it's for the listeners christmas cheese
0: season right
2: yeah yeah for the listeners we're recording this episode the weekend directly after christmas my house is completely full of toy cars my youngest son loves cars so now our house is full of cars there is no sleep anymore only cars
0: Oh my goodness! I, I, I know that feeling. I luckily I'm not at the family home this year, but <laughs> oh, don't you just adore people who get you, uh, who get your kids those little noise maker presents? Oh.
1: You know, recorders, harmonicas, those kinds yeah. of things, right?
2: We lucked out pretty, pretty good this year. That none of the toys that either of my boys got make ostensibly terrible noises, but. You know, in the past not so much. But you are correct. That is that is the worst. You, you hear the you hear the presence making a ton of noise before they're even open. It's just like, oh shit, here we go.
0: <laughs> oh, guess I forgot to get batteries this year. <laughs> oh no, it's broken. After oh, I repeatedly she...
2: smashed it.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty lucky that I have a teenage daughter right now who's very interested in her fashion sense. So oh, not go. a the only noise are the giant platform heels that she oh, bought. God. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I love my daughter so much. And I'll tell you what, she she looks funky, but I'm so glad that she is expressing herself in the way that she wants to. And I'm just over the moon for her. So luckily, uh, lots of, of clothing gifts she got for herself with uh, all of the gift cards and whatnot that were sent her way. So not a lot of noise, just uh, making a splash. Otherwise,
0: and a lot of clopping down the hallway in those <laughs> platforms. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fairly quiet for me this year because, well, as I speak, we're still in that that time period that they call maybe lockdown, but also in the 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 bit between Christmas and New Year that is just a black hole for time as well. <laughs> Like, what day is it anymore? I it, Yeah, we're recording on a Sunday. I have not been able to keep track
1: of the days of the week for a little while, and the holidays really just messed it all up. I mean, even though we just had, you know, Christmas Day on Friday, and it's like, well, when's New Year's Eve, when's New Year's Day? I can't even count ahead <laughs> to figure that out in my own brain, it feels like.
3: I do want to say, despite uh, very easily losing track of when we are and where we are or who we are, uh, (laughs) I am so incredibly impressed by the fact that when this episode is released, it'll be a month after we recorded it. There have Hooray. been there have been episodes that were recorded a day or two before release. <laughs> yeah. So so for us to be a month ahead of things right now, fucking
2: stoked!
0: Oh, that's uh, pretty
2: nice. It's now we miracle. only have to make sure that we don't accidentally bring forth judgment from something we say, like, "Oh, we're going to talk about this person," and that person dies like four weeks, like the oh, week that the that, podcast no. comes out. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just doomed us. That's going to happen now. Yep. Nah, That's it, my it fault. it will be worse. That's It'll my be bad. like a
3: Bill Cosby thing. We'll be like, "Oh, that Bill oh, Cosby, no. so wholesome and perfect." Uh
1: oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, did no. you just did you just will the death of Bill Cosby? Oh, what no. happened? Well, no, I was <laughs> I'd be thinking like,
3: more no! about like the drugging and rape stuff, but oh god oh oh, my god
0: we're less than quarter of an hour and we're already willing Uh, the death of celebrities okay i'm not
3: oh well fuck it whatever
0: (laughs) yeah i've got got a beer no 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 it's god
1: no i just mean we're
3: we're gonna talk somebody up we're gonna say something nice about somebody and then it's gonna turn out that they're fucking they're awful yeah (laughs)
1: Well, uh, I'm glad that we're all in in good cheer right now, even though we uh, might be speaking of darker subjects or or things that aren't always on the positive, we're we're feeling pretty good right now. Uh, Not to usurp uh, somebody's announcement, but Jeff told us something before we started recording. I don't know if he wants to bring it up or not.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm getting married tomorrow in my living room with about five people. Not, I'm not marrying five people. I, there will be five people there <laughs> outside of my family. And it's not necessarily the wedding that we imagined. And we will definitely be having a larger ceremony gathering type thing. Once more people can come out and hang out in one place, but we're excited to actually tie the knot, which is pretty nice.
1: That's awesome, man. That's fantastic to hear some good news. So congratulations yeah. to you and yours.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and by the time this episode comes out, uh, it'll be a month ish after our wedding. So I'm sure the honeymoon will be over and she'll leave me because she'll realize how awful I am because she's the best and I'm the worst. So I'm just well, running, what, I'm running on fumes now. <laughs> just like Paula Abdul says, opposites attract. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it, but in all seriousness, uh, it did it did give me an opportunity uh, to take a bit of time off of trivia which is a little bit kind of tangentially a segue do you what do you think Corey? is that segue enough but did i get no. us there try again keep going all right, all right. um today's uh oh, but round also, table topic.
3: make sure you tell them what today's roundtable topic is
2: yep thank you uh got it uh today's roundtable, uh, which topic... is
3: burnout and writer's block so let them yep. like find just you know just like sneak that in there
2: yeah, okay. So today's roundtable topic uh, is burnout and writer's block and how we approach uh, hitting a wall with our writing. Um, so I guess I can start. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm familiar enough with uh, everybody's games, uh, but why don't you guys tell me a little bit about how you guys run your games. Do you have set categories or do you have uh, a, a bit of freedom about how you run run your operations? So, ah, uh, I don't really have set categories, but I like to
0: keep things fairly balanced across the board, um, or at least you know relatively close. Um, but in terms of a set format and kind of writing style of questions, um, I I have to have at least you know five multiple choice questions in there, and this that and the other, and I do like I do like to have my mechanics rounds in there, as you will have heard about a month ago now um uh so it, it's it's for me it's coming up with those those new ideas of how to approach the mechanics of a round um that actually is kind of the source of writer's block for me i'm I'm writing myself into a a, a creative corner as it were because well <laughs> yeah there's, there's only so many ideas and you can only be original once.
2: So. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm actually fairly similar in the same boat in as much as I don't have specific set categories, but I do try to keep things balanced. And I, I mean, it's not fair to say that I don't have set categories because due to one of the things that I do for my live stream, I kind of do have set categories uh, where... Uh, If people meet a secret donation goal, they're able to choose a category that I have to ask about the following week. So sometimes uh, that presents me with an opportunity to write something that I have a bunch of questions on, or sometimes it presents me with a -hmm. challenge because I only have so many ways that I could ask certain questions or, you know, so I do have a little bit of leeway. Like if I don't write four sports questions a week and I only write three it's not that huge a deal but at a certain point like if i'm not writing sports questions i can't fill up all that space with something else so you know the the balance does kind of have to bring everything level with each other so i mean i'm not i'm not limited but i'm definitely not free to do whatever i want that's for sure what about you james actually you're a special case
1: yeah i am a special case uh and then there's the trivia aspect um (laughs) (laughs) I actually am part of a a trivia franchise, so I get all of my questions sent to me. So when it comes to writer's block, I don't have anything to worry about. Uh, There is a different kind of, uh, we'll call it a burnout that I have that I want to get to a little bit later on after everybody's uh, had their piece about categories and things like that. I will say this, though, when I'm doing some of my fundraiser or fun shows where I usually have like 10 categories of 10 questions each. uh, Usually I like to have a a local connection because everybody uh, is pretty much just from around the city that's playing. So I might have Mm -hmm. very localized questions. And, you know, there's only, I mean, Obviously, there's a lot that you can pull from from the history of a city and and current events and everything. But at the same time, I've been doing it for so long, it's hard for me to come up with new and interesting tidbits that haven't already been heard before and having to keep track of who I've asked questions to at what venues and what uh, events so that I'm not repeating myself uh, with some of those things. It, it can be a, a little bit of a chore, so uh, that's probably the biggest problem that I have when it comes to running out of questions for a category, so to speak.
3: For me, and I've talked about my show format so many times uh, on this podcast already, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I, I don't have set categories that I use every week uh, other than general knowledge and ironically that's probably the one that has become the hardest to write for uh, which is strange because it's it's such a huge pool i mean you could pull from literally anything that's what general knowledge is and yet every week when it's time to write those gk questions i'm just like fuck what yeah. what do i what, what am i going to ask about now i've you know asked so many different things over the last five, six years. Fucking where do I go? Like, (laughs) uh, and yeah, I, I get some serious burnout on that. The general knowledge. Um,
1: well, if I could ask you, um, you've got general knowledge, what would be an example of the other categories you might have over the night with that?
3: So I do five rounds. Uh, round one is always an open format. It, It, it's typically some sort of themed round. Uh, whether that it's a theme or a mechanics round. I mean, it could be, uh, the round could be called purple and every question is related to something that's purple. It could be a common bond. It could be a mystery theme, um, you know, whatever. It's just uh, got something that connects either all the questions or the answers in some way. Uh, And then I've got a limited choice round, which will be like your multiple choice or your true false, this, that, or answers from a limited selection, like maybe every answer is a U.S. state. Um, And then I've got an audio and a picture round. So the open format and the limited choice could be literally anything. They could be any categories. uh, They could cover history or pop culture or uh, arts and science and math or whatever comes to mind and fits the theme or the mechanics of that round
1: you know when you say that it it almost sounds like you're doing you know just general knowledge but it just happens to you know all have the purple in it and when i've done categories like that i feel like those are easier to write when you have something that you can latch on to oh uh, you can you can you can absolutely go crazy and you'll be picking from all sorts of categories but when you just are sat down and it's time to write 10 rando questions it's like, oh, well, uh, I have no idea what to do. You absolutely do get flustered. I actually feel exactly what you mean. Uh, so it's like it's hard to describe, but I completely understand where you're coming from.
0: It, I think it's very much choice paralysis, right? You, you're sitting there and oh, yeah. there is the, the world of knowledge in front of you. And it's like, <laughs> what small modicum do I ask about today? You know, what, what do I focus on? Um, Whereas when uh, so I mean I've uh, Jeff you mentioned that you take um, topics from the community I do the same for one of my rounds as well and having that focus really helps because it's like okay everything has got to do with apples apple has to appear somewhere either in the question or the answer I can do this um, but when you're faced with just a blank page and a cursor just blinking at you it's like oh God. what 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 do I write about what what do i do especially when so for me i have as i said i try to balance things out so when i haven't even started getting that quota together and i haven't got oh i need a food and drink question to because i haven't got one so far just working out where to even begin with a quiz oh my goodness it's
2: it takes a while <laughs> yeah it's definitely something that that you have to kind of get used to and That's that's a weird thing to say, because no matter how much you get used to it, it doesn't stop it from occurring. You just maybe can deal with it a little bit better than you did the previous time. So, like, for instance, I don't know if you guys do this, too, but because I have a pretty large backlog of questions that I've asked over the time, if I get really up against the wall and I'm running out of time. I'll go back to like my very first season of questions that I asked and find a topic that way. Sometimes I'll bite the the question as it is. Sometimes I'll just look through it and be like, "Oh, I asked a question about mythbusters 8 years ago. Maybe I could ask another question about mythbusters in a different format or a different way or something to that, you know. I use my own work to kind of get the juices flowing again and be like, "Okay, what haven't I talked about in a while? What's something I can work with with you know." And because for anybody that's played my game, uh, I do visual presentations for each question. So each question is the question itself, and then also a picture. You know, so it's slide by slide. So sometimes that'll help me find a picture that I'm looking for, or a, a style of presentation for that question that I could reuse and save myself a little bit of time. Um, I don't. I don't know if uh, it, do do any of you guys specifically not repeat anything that you've asked before. <laughs>
3: I repeat fucking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even, not even, no shame. I mean, I, I will try really hard to uh, not repeat anything from within, you know, a few years at least, um, but I do have multiple venues, so I have no qualms about repeating from venue to venue, or if I am up on a, a time crunch or just feeling, uh, really feeling that block, oh yeah, I'll dive into the archives and, and pull some stuff out. Uh, I always go through it and double check it, like, okay, is there anything here that has changed, anything that needs to be updated? Uh, Or if I'm going really deep in my archives and it's just a really poorly written question, you know, I've had times where I'll pull my entire, uh, an old general knowledge question and I'll rewrite all 10 of them, but it'll still basically be the same question and answer.
2: Yeah, you Um, get a skeleton to work with. Exactly. So you're not building the thing from total scratch. Yeah, then
3: you go from, you know, what... Uh, is the atomic number of helium to, you know, an actually well constructed question? Uh, just <laughs> using the information that you've you've uh, accumulated over
2: the years, but I I do a thing where, and this this is probably something that you guys do too, where if I've asked a question one direction, I'll turn it around and ask it the other way. So like let's say three years ago I asked that Funafuti is the capital of what island nation. Uh, the next time I go back to that and see that, I'd be like, oh, I can do that backwards. Uh, what is the capital city of the island nation of Tuvalu or, you know, something mm. like that? Some, you know, where it, it, it almost might work as kind of a bonus for players that have played my game for a really long time. Like, you remember three years ago when I talked about this and everybody was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, here's the other direction on that. You know, thanks for being a regular player for three years. <laughs> here's at least one question that, you know, because we've talked about it before. That, that brings up a good question.
3: I want to know uh, everybody's opinion on this Uh, and I'm going to go back to helium just because I've got plenty of information (laughs) in my head right now. But I mean, you could ask, what is the atomic number of helium? And you've got, you know, your periodic table of elements, you've got helium, you've got atomic numbers, then you can switch it around and say, uh, what element has an atomic number of two. What element has the lowest boiling point? Uh, helium is the first in what group in the periodic table? What is the symbol for helium? What is the atomic mass for helium? Helium has an atomic mass of. Or, if, what element has an atomic mass of four? What element has a symbol of He? <laughs> like, you could come up with thirty questions using two, three, four pieces of information. But is that is that really different questions uh if you're do hmm. I feel like you can do that and still be deep in the writer's block and that's just like that's a little trick and maybe we talk about that you know in the next little uh section of this discussion but I feel like that's more of a trick of uh to get around the writer's block than it is uh actually writing different questions but Do you agree? Disagree? What do you think about that?
1: I think that you're absolutely right. You can twist a question 10, 20 different ways if you're able to. And I think that you're going to end up with something that's still going to challenge people. I mean, if they remember that factoid from a year ago, two years ago, then congratulations. It helped them out when you ask it the other way. Uh, I, I think that that's valid. I think that that is probably going to be a better solution than just repeating that same question and saying hey remember when I asked this back in 84 <laughs> you know and, uh, <laughs> I mean uh, I would say any way that you can slightly rewrite it is going to give it that you know fresh little uh, spritz of, of, of good scent I don't know you know Febreze you're Febrezing your question
0: that's what you <laughs> I, Get rid I think of, getting rid of that bad trainer smell you know yes.
2: <laughs> I, I think of all of the of all of the examples of the different ways you could ask about helium that you just brought up Corey the only one that I would consider to be a different quote-unquote air quotes different question would be the one about noble gases because helium was your you're into a different topic instead of talking about specific things about helium or if you ask it the other way you say what would be the noble gas with the lowest atomic number, or something? And it became a helium question again. But I think if your ask is pointed towards a different thing, then it would be a different question. I it, it's it's kind of one of those like uh, I don't remember the I don't remember the the Supreme Court justice who said it, but it's like uh, I don't I don't know how to define pornography, but I could know it if I see it. That's a terrible, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I could, let, I could tell you that's a different at it and question. I'll tell you. Yeah. I could tell you oh. that's a different question. If you let me look at it for sure.
3: Mm. Um, well, and I guess I, I didn't really, uh, you guys definitely answered the question. Well, um, I don't think I asked it well, what I'm looking at is we want to talk about. Whether you've run out of questions for a category or whether you're getting low, uh, on questions for a category. And let's say you, you go through and. I mean, this would be horrible and I would never come back to your trivia again. Uh, but let's say, like, you just go through and say, What uh, element has an atomic number of one? What element has is two? What is three? And, like, you go through and you ask every single element. Are you now out of questions for the periodic table of elements? Uh, even though you can go through and re ask it in a hundred different ways for each one. Um that's that's kind of what I'm getting at when do you say that you've run out of questions for a category because you can ask infinite questions about any subject theoretically
2: I I see what you're saying yeah for sure
0: yeah my line in the sand on this is where it requires the same piece of information so for instance um when you were talking about the, the you know the low the element with the lowest boiling point Like that's that's that seems completely different to me. Same with like there is a difference between atomic number and atomic mass. Those are kind of two different things in my head, so they feel like two different questions. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do them back to back or even you know week after week. I'd probably leave a big gap between them. But they, I wouldn't in my internal count. I wouldn't count it as a repeat if you get where I'm going um which i kind of speaking of that i'm fairly new to the trivia space here like i've only been doing this six seven eight somewhere between six and nine months we've lost track of time between (laughs) christmas and new year um so i haven't like i don't think i'm at the point where i can repeat stuff i don't feel like what is that kind of cut off for you lot so how long is it gonna
1: take um Well, like I said, that I'm part of a franchise, so I get my questions sent to me, and I feel like that some of the halftime questions that we get, which are like a five-parter, have started to get a little stale because they keep asking the same kinds of questions over and over. I keep, you know, sitting down at the uh, table saying, well, it's halftime. Guess what the category is? It's geography again, and we're going to need to name the five states that are the most populous, that... Let's see what they came up with this week uh, that don't end in the letter A or that begin with a vowel or something like that. If they had just spaced them out a little bit more, I would have felt a lot better about asking those kinds of questions. Uh, but whenever I can kind of see that little bit of cringe to the, the way the audience reacts when I say it's you know going to be another geography question this time... Uh, it, it just feels like it's not as fun now. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I get it. We do have to reuse some things, but looking through some of the archives just a second ago, it's not like there haven't been creative questions about uh, music and celebrities and books and things like that. But uh, maybe the people that are, you know, above me writing these questions are having their own kind of burn out with things, but uh, it's, it's affecting me a little bit.
2: For, for me, one of the things that, that I kind of get stressed about is that I, I don't have a perfect memory. I can't remember exactly when and how I ask questions, but I have a pretty vague sense of having talked about something before. And that lasts back the almost 10 years that I've been doing this. And so I'll hit a wall. I'll get into my archives and, and look at my older games and see what I could talk about. And nine times out of 10, the very first thing that I think of is, nope, I asked that too recently. Even if it's something from seven years ago. I'm like, there is a team that has played this game and that will be here next week. So I know that they will remember this. I guarantee that they're going to be like, you asked that seven years ago last Wednesday. <laughs> like, and it, and it makes me crazy because... I know that that is definitely not the case most of the times, but it has been the case one time. And that one time that somebody said, you asked that same question, like the very first week that we did this and it completely destroyed my mental stability about it because I was like, okay, it's been multiple years. I think it's fair that I'm able to reuse a question verbatim that I wrote six years ago. And somebody said, Oh, I already knew that because you asked that before. And it crushed me. My, my, my brain shut down. It's like, Oh, shit, people have memories. No, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad news for me. Um, so when when I, quote unquote, run low for a category, which I'll get to in just a second, um, I, I definitely stress a little bit about reusing my own material, I will do it for sure. And most of the time, I try to dress it up in a different outfit, so to speak, so that it's not exactly the same as it was. But when I've come down to the wire, I've whole, you know, wholly used a question from many multiple years ago, and it's my deepest fear that somebody's going to go, ah, you asked this before. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of one of the the real bad downsides to writer's block is the the timing and being put on the clock to have something ready and prepared for for your players at a specific time every week and if you don't have something prepared you have to put something there and when you have a big backlog i know that uh tips you said you've only been doing this for between 6 to 9 months nice uh but once you are at like the multiple year mark and you can go back to your very first games and say You know, oh, maybe I could. You know, I I'm having I'm struggling with a movie question this week. Uh, What's something that I haven't talked about in a few years? And being able to go back and, you know, jumpstart your own brain, jumpstone jumpstart jumpstart your own brain a little bit with your own information. That's that's a pretty handy tool to have, but it does it does add to my stress levels a little bit. That's for sure.
1: All right, let me ask this. Uh, Do you think? This might sound a little weird to to phrase it like this. Do you think Jeopardy has burnout? Do you think that they reuse clues? Do you think that they massage their old clues or anything like that?
3: Well, they absolutely they do. do. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I
1: don't know. Uh, well, you well, you say you know there's no doubt, and I'll tell you what, there is no doubt because I have seen word for word. The same clue used, uh, like, say, a, a year apart, for example. They are not <laughs> above using their own material themselves. So, you know, I <laughs> can't imagine that, you know, one of the contestants would go, well, gee, I saw this last year when I was playing. What is Albuquerque, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I mean, at the same time, it's not like those players are in the same environment for a year, five years, 10 years, you know, lucky them if they happen to be watching that episode and they see the, uh, the same information come up, you know, so we do have a little bit of a different animal where you've got possibly crowds that have been with you for so, so long and you got those, uh, you know, photographic memory players. And that's happened to me before where somebody says, you know, Hey, I remember when you asked that a, a few years ago and I was like, I thought that was just an interesting, fresh question That. I really didn't realize I had uh, used it before. And, yeah, it is a little bit crushing to hear that. But, uh, well, that's, you know, I turned it around. I said, well, good for you for remembering. That's the best I could do at that point.
3: Yeah, I. every time I hear them say, oh, you've asked this before. Congratulations. You've heard information and you're expected to retain it. That's what trivia is. There's now no excuse for you to get it wrong.
4: And then they go, oh, well,
3: uh <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think that's one of the silliest thing a, a player can say. I mean, granted, if it's if it's happening consistently, you know, every week, it's something that was recently asked. Yeah, definitely complain about it. But if if it's something that you heard two years ago, fucking just consider yourself lucky.
2: That makes me feel a little bit better. That's for sure. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Nah. Oh, no, absolutely.
0: Uh, I will be honest here, I have repeated one question over the the months that I've been going, but that was purely for a gag. That was a ground a groundhog day gag. Like oh, nice. l- literally the only reason I repeated the question twice in the same day was, huh, let's there's a gag to be made here, right? <laughs> you know? Um I I I, I kind of am a bit anxious about the day that I reuse a question' Cause i I have like this plethora of different round formats and uh different ways of asking the the question that to me repeating the question verbatim it I don't know it I don't know how I feel about it until it happens I suppose like that's that's the thing right yeah, I yeah. find
1: it kind of interesting that we've got so many different experience levels you know somebody that's been doing it for a short time somebody who's franchised somebody that does fundraiser somebody that does it weekly you know and all of us feel kind of the same way we want to be original all the time if we can which i think is naturally what we would expect of ourselves or what we would expect of another host so it's it's kind of comforting to see and hear that
2: yeah that's for sure i mean when you look at uh, musical artists that have put out like 30 albums over a whole career, you know, uh, versus maybe a band that only put out like four really good albums. uh, You know, you could see sometimes like, I'm looking at you, Rolling Stones, not all of your, not all of your songs are zingers, you know, as a Beatles fan, not all the Beatles songs are zingers too, but there's less albums and they're more compactly stuck together. And I I think that that's one of the, that's one of the things that, that we have to worry about too, as we continue to write for longer and longer, the idea of trying to stay original and bring new material and give our players our own little brands of trivia over and over and over again, it can, it can build up like just, just the stress level. Even if you're not having a problem with writing the questions themselves, just the that feeling of always being on stage and making sure that you're prepared for that upcoming week. And that can build to a pretty significant degree. That's for sure.
3: I, I want to, uh, present something here, uh, a, a possibility. Mm -hmm. And that is that we never have and never will get low on questions for a category or run out of questions for a category. It cannot and will not happen. Instead, what's happening is we just don't want to ask the things that we're coming up with. We are striving for something more or something better. And anytime you feel like you're up against a wall or uh, you know not coming up with something new it's not about the question and, and answer that you're feeling dissatisfied it's the way you're presenting it or the way you're asking it
4: mm-hmm. uh, well
2: i i see what and, you're saying Based...
3: oh, wait, uh, sorry. well that's all right um I'll, I'll just wrap it up really quick with we absolutely the writer's block is not a myth. I mean, that's a thing we're about to talk about that. I think that we have all also experienced writer's block, but I do think that that's a very different animal from feeling like you've run out of questions for a category. Yeah. But go ahead. What were you going to say?
2: I I was going to say, I mean, you're absolutely right. Considering the infinity of things around us that we could ask about, you know, Helium. <laughs> when we when we actually say that we've run out of questions, what we what we are, are, are actually saying is that we've run out of inspiration for a good question. You know, I could easily ask uh, what sp- specific species of tree native to Illinois has a uh, s- specific type of sawtooth ridges and, and five leaves per shoot or, or some nonsense yeah. like that. And that's a very valid question. Uh, for a very specific person, none of which are at my trivia that week. And right. so when we say that we're running out of questions, we're running out of the uh, way to present them or different facts to present in a way that our players would enjoy. And and that's that's where that disconnect. So when when we mention running out, we're not actually running out of information. We're running out of presentation sources or I can't, I can't think of a really good way to, to put it better than a way to present it. And and then that also kind of leads us into writer's block because, um, my worst cases of writer's block always happen when I have a question where I know what I want to ask. I know what I want the clues to be, and I can't get the words to sound good, no matter how I write it and I'll, and I'll erase it and rewrite it and I'll erase it and rewrite it and be like this sentence doesn't sound good. The ask always falls in a weird place. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I'll just give up sometimes like that. That idea of just hitting a wall and not being able to get the idea in your head onto the paper or in into the game is that's awful. That's the the worst feeling. And that's part of that same trying to present something in a, in a unique and and useful way to your players kind of all wraps up a little bit.
1: So do you give up on that question, the one that you keep rewriting and rewriting, or is it in your nature to stick with it until you get it right?
2: Um, Most of the time, I will stick with it until I get it right, and that is to my own detriment. There are times where I've spent a half hour on one single sentence trying to get it to sound right, and I'll sit at my computer and stare at it, and it just totally derails me for the night. Uh, But... There have been cases where I've said, fuck it, I'm not asking this question. Or I will ask it, in a, or I'll turn it around and ask it in a different fashion where the ask falls in a better place. You know, I don't like to put the who, what, when, where in the middle of a sentence with a ton of stuff after it because then it kind of hides what I'm looking for. Um, so if it if it builds itself organically in a fashion that does that, I'll, I'll throw it out. Sometimes I'll ask Marcy to come sit down here and be like, I'm going to read you this question like 19 different ways, which one is the least stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, God love her. She will sit here and and help me out and be like, I think that one sounds the best. That's pretty clear what you're looking for. Uh, but there have been times where I've just said, fuck it. I'm not asking this question in any capacity. I'm going to find something else. And that's when I go back to the well, find something from five years ago and say, this was pretty bad. I could rewrite this. I I I mean I don't know if I'm alone in that. Does anybody else do that? Have that same thing?
3: I'm right there with you. I've I've been in that same spot where it's uh, sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, for me. Sometimes it is writer's block, and sometimes it's just this like hyper focus on one single thing where I'm just unable to move on from it until it's right. Um, But yeah, I. I will spend way too long writing one question or trying to figure out one answer so that I can use this common bond round or this mystery theme round uh, that I had my heart set on. And then all of a sudden, I'm out of time for anything else. Um, But yeah, and as I I mentioned earlier, one way that I do cope with that is uh, to just twist things around, find something uh, old that... Fits it and shift it, reverse it, uh, whatever. And I, I, when I do that, I don't feel satisfied. I don't walk away from it feeling good about that round. But at least it gets me to my event, you know.
0: Yeah, it, it gets you through. Yeah. yeah, it it keep it keeps the wheels turning at least. What um, about you, tipster? Uh, so writer's block for me takes a very different animal. Um, I tend to find that I uh, again it's choice paralysis more than anything. It is I need to fill this this slot with a question what do I ask about in the internet of things (laughs) what on earth do I put on this piece of paper tonight? You know Um, and it, it it kind of boils down to, um, what? It, I'll I'll just kind of start talking with my housemate a lot of the time, um, and just have conversations with them and see if something comes up in conversation, and go, right, I'm gonna do that, or I'll <laughs> I'll 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 flick for the reason I started doing um on this day in history or um or this week style questions in my quiz is because I was consistently finding that I was running short of of ideas. I yeah. was, um, so it gives me that starting point as well as the, the, the category that I start with. So I have starting points for at least seven of my 30 questions a week. Just mm-hmm. got to get the other 23 in
2: place, you know? <laughs> um, Actually, you talking to your flatmate, um that brings up another good point too because all of us are members of the trivia co-op so yeah. i i know me specifically and i'm pretty sure everybody at least has approached the co-op with a how in the how the hell should i do this question or if it's not a wording issue like uh i i have this theme what what do you think you could plug into that and that that's a source that we probably should talk a little bit about especially considering all of us are members um, do you guys find? I know Tipsir had just said that talking to somebody else helps spark things. Do you guys do you guys find that pitching your questions or having like kind of a, uh, a like a, a a pitch to the Trivia Writers Co-op? Do you think that that kind of helps you refine what you're looking for? Have you guys had good experiences with that? Does that <laughs> is that somewhere that you turn to when you guys are hit hitting a brick wall?
3: I. I absolutely do. I, I uh, there have been times, there've been weeks and months straight where uh the the co-op has been a crutch for me, where I'm just constantly feeling like you know, my back's against the wall and I can't figure anything out uh and I'm just leaning on y'all so much. <laughs> um it, the the co-op is incredible for that. Because we've got so many different people with so many different perspectives and ways of thinking and, you know, different uh, areas of expertise that you're going to get the help you need. You know, the only weird thing about it is how every time you do ask a question, if you're like, oh, I'm writing a question, all the answers are purple. Somehow, James always finds a way to talk about video game character breasts. Have you noticed that?
4: <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> like, wait, what? Which,
3: which big bosomed video game character from Dead or Alive Volleyball wore a purple top? Like, he, James, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's usually very, very helpful responses.
1: I'm so glad that I can be of assistance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Goodness.
2: I forgot the DoA beach volleyball even was a thing that existed. <laughs> Holy uh, shit! So did I. Oh my God! Well, that James aim, uh... didn't. <laughs> you know, you bring up
1: a, Well, you bring up two good points. No. Um... <laughs> what well, is um... it? Cold. <laughs> exactly. A um bit. Well, you know. Um... Because I have that background in in video games and, and of course, things like game shows and and things like that, um, I feel like when a question is is asked about on the co-op, I feel like, well, I've got a completely different way to look at it. I've got a subject that probably isn't going to be something that somebody's always going to go right to, like science or television or 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 geography or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, and of course, not just me, but I'm sure everybody's got some little speciality that when somebody, you know, throws out one of those kind of keywords, they're like, aha, that's going to tickle something in the back of my brain about this that I remember, uh, you know, when I was a child or when I was playing this last week or whatever. So, uh, you know, whenever those kinds of requests come up on the co-op, I really do like to help out and pitch in because it's. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sharing what I've got, sharing the knowledge and the uh, uh, experience that I have, and hopefully uh, making somebody else's day easier. So I'm glad that we've got this way to uh, spread the information between each other, so that we're not all just drifting out here alone. Because being a one-person trivia company is tough if you're doing it that way congratulations and kudos to you Uh, but it's it it is (laughs) it is completely okay uh you know to lean on some people or get some help uh, whether it's you know friends family or or you're paying somebody to uh get a little help whatever the the case might be you know uh get the job done i I, I, once
3: really quickly i do need to point out that james doesn't actually have a video game character breast fetish uh, despite his, his lack you. of, all right, well, not one that has come up uh, in conversation.
2: Not one that impedes question writing. <laughs> right.
3: The, the fact that like, you didn't even deny it and were just like, well, actually, I've got a, a, quite a, a history with video games. It's like, no, James, like, defend yourself here. Come on. It's called commitment <laughs> to the bit, Corey. Come on. <laughs> uh, tipster, I, I really want your perspective on this because you're a recent addition to the... Uh, trivia writers co-op and the rest of us have been a part of it for i I think all of us have been here for a couple years now Mm. um but you you've only been in the last you know few months yeah Uh, have you noticed uh any difference between being able to going going to the uh co-op and before you were able to do that
0: so i i will be honest here i have not approached the co-op for help with questions yet. I have a you trust people us, personally. Yeah. That's all right. um, <laughs> it, it's so it's, it's a long running <laughs> problem. I have um, of like, when I, when I do something, I am very kind of, uh, it's not so much claiming ownership of it, but it's, it's my thing. It's my baby. You know, um, it took a while for me to um, turn around and uh, I'm just starting to get used to the idea um, of you know not so much letting people in but um, of of having that kind of collaborative um, uh, effort um, just the other week I ran a game that um, both myself and Jason uh, wrote together uh, and actually bouncing off people really helped there um, to the point to the point where um, uh, because I was having a really bad week the week after and got called in to work to deal with stuff um, I let Jason write me a full game the week after <laughs> because <laughs> it's like I know how you operate. I know that I can kind of tr- trust what you come back with it's it's an odd thing uh, because I come from I come from a world of taking um uh, kind of uh, having to take very precise care over literally everything you do because how you present yourself if someone else in the background has messed up you're the one getting the flack for it oh yeah that's for sure so it's it's very difficult for me to hand that responsibility over to people and to not have that uh, i mean i guess i still have editorial control at the end of the day but it, it doesn't feel like i'm getting used to it still feeling like my project, even if other people are involved yeah. um i mean i have chipped in here and there helping other people um but it's something that i'm starting to get used to and yeah. i f- i think i think i'm getting there i think i've cracked it but we'll see <laughs> well
1: funny you should say you've got editorial control for example um uh, in my situation i don't uh i get sent my questions and you know i sit there and read them and that's what I do. And unfortunately, sometimes my company will not send me questions until an hour before my show. Sometimes they won't send them till a half hour before my show. I will have to text <laughs> them and ask them where are my questions and they're saying they're coming. Um, one of the things I like to do for my show is I like to theme it so that every question has a song related to it sometimes it'll have a clue in it uh, and that takes a little bit of time to put together i can do it on the fly if i have to i don't feel good about it and it's it's frustrating so i completely understand where you would want to have that control and where in my case i don't you know i just gotta suck it up buttercup uh just this past uh what was it tuesday they didn't send me questions and I was fed up and I didn't text them. I was like a petulant little child. I stamped my feet (laughs) and I said, well, if you're not going to send me questions, I'm not going to ask for them. And I ended up using uh, a Christmas uh, theme set that I had uh, written before that fit quite nicely to, you know, the night. And it was more work on my end, but the show actually came out on top just fine. And uh, everything was was cool, so I'm kind of anxious to see what happens this coming Tuesday, uh, if and when <laughs> they do or don't send me questions. And uh, you know, I'm gonna send them my text and say, "You you got to do better," because this is like your one and only job is to provide me questions. So huh. I don't understand why it takes so long for you to to get them to me. You know, it's just one of those sticking points that yep. that frustrates me.
3: You know, I think there's some benefit some long-term benefit uh for you from that though in that when we eventually convince you to uh, take (laughs) over and do your own thing a very long-running effort on our part in the yes uh, co-op then you'll have you know a lot of uh experience on what not to do and and uh, how things shouldn't go so i mean at least you got that going for you. Oh
1: um. yeah, it, <laughs> I th- things are, are probably gonna start changing, but uh, there there is something comforting about just being able to show up and and ask questions. But when it happens like that, yeah, you feel like you got to pull the ripcord and get out of there sometimes.
3: Now, as far as I guess what not to do, um, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Uh, to slash about the co-op in that often I will post a question in the co-op saying hey you know uh, I'm looking for this you know'm I'm, I'm feeling a little uh, out of it can't can't figure out where I need to go from here can't come up with any questions whatever and I'll get all this awesome help you know Jeff and Jason and James and tipster will all Jump in and say, "Oh, try this. Try this. Here's one. Here's here's another one." And I'm just looking at him like, "I don't want any of those, nah." <laughs> and but but the upside to that is it'll kind of sometimes kickstart my own thinking, and I'll be like, "That's not where I want to go." And as I'm trying to think about where I do want to go, it kind of opens that door, it breaks that wall down for me, and allows me to then. Uh, go back and do it myself. And that's not to say that, you know, the suggestions that I've been handed aren't awesome. They aren't uh, good or perfect or whatever. It's just, it wasn't what I was looking for. And those, for lack of a better term, those wrong suggestions or those wrong offerings kind of helped me get past that writer's block and do it myself. And then I always feel bad. I'll, I'll usually... That'll be the times when I refrain from sharing my my (laughs) round afterwards because I'm like I don't want them to know that I didn't use any of their shit. Uh, You know, by the time that I've sent
1: out my help or whatever, you know, it's like I've done my deed, and whether or not you use it is totally (laughs) up to you. I'd rather just give the suggestion and be happy that you at least looked at it. If you didn't use it. Godspeed with you, you know. Hey, if it helped out in any other way, good for you.
0: So, coming soon to third degree entertainment: a special <laughs> round on video game knockers. Yes, <laughs> courtesy of James. Uh,
3: but, but I, I think that that. Uh, have you guys noticed that? And I, I mean, be honest. Like, when somebody throws a suggestion, is it just not where you need to be, but it it jumpstarts you, or am I totally? A freak in
2: that oh no that that's absolutely some of the stuff that that i've dealt with too is uh, it's sometimes um i'll i'll throw out an ask i'll say hey i need a movie question and somebody will boop here's a movie question and it's flawless it's perfect i could uh, i know the person sending it to me uh it's like oh i just asked this last week or you know so i know it's accurate you know that doesn't stop me from a quick google check just to make sure that everything's okay and it's it's exactly what i want and there's a, a a really excellent feeling that happens and you feel good when that happens likewise somebody can say what about this and just them kicking you that suggestion forces your brain the other direction just like you said that is just as helpful and so it, i don't think that you should feel bad about you know when we write these really really great questions that totally you should use but you don't because you hate us We're all totally we're all totally fine with that, because that's that's why the co-op exists. It's it's not a repository where you could just borrow questions from other people. It is a sounding board. It's a way for us to communicate with each other that it it essentially replaces tipsters flatmate in, in a just someone to talk to and say, what about this? And even if that's not what you end up using, it bumps you in the correct direction. And I think that that's just as valuable as saying, I need, does anybody have any good ideas for a hidden theme round? And then you get like seven ideas and you're like, oh, that one's a pretty good one. You know, that's just as useful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... And it's the, I look at it the same way um, when I'm struggling from writer's block or I'm trying to find an approach or a, a question that I haven't asked yet or a a different way to present something I'll dig through. I have a whole bunch of trivia books that I have and I'll flip through the pages. And I have never once used the wording in any of my trivia books ever, but I do. uh, I do take a little bit of inspiration, maybe from an idea or just something that I, that I read. And that's the exact same thing that you're talking about. Just that sounding board, being able to to get ideas, even if it's not where you want to go, it tells you, it points you in the right direction
3: i i'm glad to hear you say that i, I actually really uh like that because i i think that uh that's going to be an important part of this episode uh whenever it, it does get released in a month is not <laughs> only admitting that writer's block does happen but helping the people who are listening uh cope with it and helping them figure out ways around it or how to get past it um and I, I know one thing that a lot of people do run into is if you do reach out for help, you feel guilty if you don't take the help that's offered, and you shouldn't. It's okay to to not use it. Um, you know, if my wife's like, "Hey, why don't you try this?" I'm I'm probably not gonna try that, but something that she said is probably gonna jumpstart another idea in my head, and I'm gonna feel bad for not using her suggestion, uh, but she understands. That she's still helping the process, and so yeah. listeners keep that in mind. Ask for help, but you don't have to take it. Uh, or, like Jeff said, go to books. Look at trivia books. Look at other things. Um, what What else, other than books, or the co op, or my wife? Uh, do you <laughs> go wife. to Do you go to for <laughs> help? Like how How can we help? these other trivia hosts, the people who are listening to us, get around that block? What, what do other people use?
1: Uh, well, uh, if you've got any kind of board games at home, I mean, a lot of them are... Uh, I mean, I literally have one right next to me here. It's called Buzzword, uh, where they give you some keyword, like, for example, the word watch, and then they've got these 10 little... Uh, crossword clue type thing such as David Hasselhoff's Lifeguard series and it has the word watch in it so that would be everybody
2: Tropic Thunder Oh my oh. god <laughs> um,
1: Really night, people? Night Baywatch uh,
2: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there, Yeah Knight Rider. that's the one <laughs> The car, yeah. the car oh had a god. clock in it god. <laughs> My joke would have been funnier if I had chosen something that David Hasselhoff was in <laughs> Night, night I just tried to uh, I tried to pick something that might be set at a beach.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've got all of these secondhand board games that I'll go through and sometimes they'll inspire a round for me or something like that. Uh, so you know, if if you're having trouble coming up with something that's an interesting round, hit your second hand bookstore or a rummage sale or something. You might be able to find something. So books aren't the only source for your uh, your trivia woes.
2: Yeah, we have a um, we have a thrift store uh, about three or four blocks from my house. And Marcy enjoys going there on half off day uh, to dig through books and stuff like that. Um, One of the other things that she does is anytime she sees any trivia game of any in any capacity, uh, she'll just grab it because it'll generally cost like maybe a buck. And even if it's even if it's barely useful you know, it might have that extra kick in the right direction, even if I don't use any of the questions or or use it as some sort of source, it might bump me in the right direction. That's for sure. I, I like, I, I think we have like seven different versions of Trivial Pursuit and <laughs> a bunch of like Wit's End and Bezzer Wizard and a whole bunch of different ones that I bought personally. And then we have like decades old Trivial, Trivial Pursuit cards and, and all those type of things too. just... She keeps buying them a dollar at a time.
1: <laughs> I, just a quick aside: I uh, went to a thrift store once, and they had this big entertainment center. It was absolutely filled with Genus version one of Trivial Pursuit games. It had oh. to be three dozen or more copies.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> that
1: <Wow>. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> And they, you know, it's like we can't give them away. It's like no, you can't, because <laughs> yeah, nobody wants those at this point, you know. You have got the moops in there and <laughs> and everything else, but but you know, it's it's still a, a fun place to go to to look for those uh, old games and and find something. But that was just so hilarious. I, I'm sure I've got a picture of it somewhere. I'll I'll be sure to post it to the uh, uh, the QuadPod website if I can find it for you.
3: So. Another important part of this this writer's block discussion is of course, burnout uh, which you know definitely it, it kind of it, it can go hand in hand with the writer's block, but it's also uh, kind of a separate monster where you just don't want to It's not that you can't come up with something you're you're tired, you don't want to fucking do it. Uh, what are your experiences with that or do, have you had? experiences with that
2: uh er, earlier this year i had a, a pretty a pretty rough week that um i i know i've spoken about it before uh with my oh, i could say this now with my wife because she'll be my <laughs> wife by the time this comes out um my wife marcy is a nurse and she of course during all of this is working exceptionally long hours extra days extra shifts all over the place that leaves me home alone with the boys quite often um, and a two-year-old and, an, and a nine-year-old can definitely run you down. And then add on top of that, that you, or I should say, at least I write better, uh, with a calm kind of quiet background music and not screaming and loud car toy noises. Um, and then all of these things kind of combined, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and on top of that, I have, and I'm okay talking about this. I've, I've spoken about it before. I have. Um, some mental health issues uh, that I deal with uh, just the kind of black hole that I fall into with my depression is I try to do something and it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it only makes it worse. And there was a couple, uh, I want to say it was a month or two ago. I don't remember when it happened, but there is a perfect storm of Marcy working Almost an entire weekend, both of the boys being absolute crazy nut jobs, uh, and when I tried to sit down and start writing, I hit uh, a really bad writer's block. I I just tailspinned everything about it. I spent the entire day sitting at a computer with nothing ready to write, absolutely nothing. I had no notes in my phone. I had nothing on my computer. I had. Uh, I had to go to work the next day. I didn't have another day that I was able to write, and I looked at the situation, and I had to I had to cancel a game. I I wrote a message to everybody on my Facebook page and said, "Hey everybody," um, and I was really worried about doing that too because it, it's it's a totally different monster now that I'm online and I have total control over what I do. So it feels way more personal when I have to do things like this. Uh, I've had to cancel games before due to not being able to to be in a place where I'm able to stream or other things like that. But this is the first one where I said, hey, everybody, I have serious mental health problems happening right now. This game is not going to come together the way that I'd want to present it in a way that is up to the standards that I like to hold myself to. I have to cancel the game. And it it was the most severe case of burnout I have had in my entire time doing this. And the the real upside to everything um, was that my entire player base was exceptionally gracious and helpful and loving and they all I had a couple of them reach out personally like not just commenting on the Facebook page I had a couple of them reach out and say, hey if there's anything I could do uh, there was two or three members of the co-op that reached out personally that said, hey, you know I could write your game for you this week I could write you a couple questions and all of that despite, all of those uh, really good end events, that that burnout at the beginning is a very real fear that I still have. Um, it ended well with a lot of happy feelings and and everybody really coming together and being the type of community that I really enjoy and I'm very happy to be a part of. Um, but that, that black hole leading up to it is, it looms sometimes. And, and I know that you guys have got to have similar experiences where you just feel like you could you could feel yourself heading into the tunnel and the pinpoint of light at the end just keeps getting further and further away uh like i can't be the only one that feels that way i do you guys have any history with that as well
3: uh yeah (laughs) this year especially um with everything and I mean fucking everything that has gone on from you know the politics to uh you know George Floyd and Taylor and uh all the other stuff that happened you know more mid-year uh obviously COVID and I mean just everything this year has made stuff so much harder and Looking at finances, you know, am I going to be able to continue on uh, with trivia, not having all of these venues, not pulling in all of this money? I I think I've taken probably four or five mental health days this year, uh, and they're probably the first four or five that I've ever taken in this career. And I will say, I was really nervous the first time. You know, what are people going to think when I'm like, oh, I need a mental health day. I don't know why I expected any kind of stigma, but there wasn't one. And it was really nice. And I had people reaching out like, hey, how you doing? It uh, yeah. felt great. But, oh, I i have absolutely been there. I've, I've had to cancel uh, in-person events. I've had to cancel Twitch events. I, there was times when I was like, I don't even have to put on pants for Twitch, but I can't sit down in front of the computer and host online. I just I need to take this off and I mean I feel it it's it's real and all I can really say to anyone uh, wondering what to do when that happens is take that time off just just don't do it don't put yourself at risk here
2: yeah Um, and one one interesting thing that I, I I said earlier you know now that we're in this virtual space and you still have live games too. Uh, but my weekly game, if I had ever experienced this before, an in-person live game, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to say, no, I can't do it tonight. That's, that's not a thing. Yeah. And the only other time that that has ever happened before, there was a uh, family emergency that I had to deal with, and Jason stepped in. He came in uh, on very short notice, and said that he was able to cover for me as I dealt with a bunch of uh, personal stuff with my family. And if he wasn't able to do that, I would have lost my job. And that only makes the entire situation worse. The anxiety that builds up when, when all of these things keep building, everything around us this year has almost felt like just aggressively like looming over you. And dealing with that is, is really tough. So while I'm sad that I had to take, a mental health day um I'm glad that I did I'm glad that I got the response that I did from the community uh and I'm glad that I had the the people reach out to me and be very helpful and I'm and I'm glad that it it did end up helping me I I I felt all of that weight all of the pressure of trying to get things done on the schedule that I I set for myself I, I had all of that kind of lifted for a second and it took me a couple of days to kind of recuperate but I I did. I went in the next week, and I I started writing as if there was nothing wrong the week before. It it was definitely helpful, that's for sure. And, and you know, it, it's it, it's just something about that feeling where if this was a live game, not being able to you know call in sick or say I can't do it this week, you know, it, it's a it's a totally different monster. So I'm actually thankful that this was done in a virtual environment where I don't have anybody to report to, but myself,
3: you know, a real quick note for the listeners that, uh, may not have picked up on this before, especially because we, you know, here on the show, we're all, we're all friends. We've talked to each other. We've hung out with each other for, for quite a while. And so it might not come across, but, uh, with you, Jeff and Jason, the two of you especially, because of where you're at, you guys are you're actually competitors in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Business wise, you are competitors, and the fact that uh, you know our our friendship and you know the bond that we've got through the co-op and whatnot uh, helped kind of overcome that. And he stepped in for you. That's that's huge. That's really huge yeah. and really awesome. So. I just wanted to make sure people knew that and could could kind of appreciate that side of it too.
2: Yeah, it, it there. I don't want to get all super gushy, uh, <laughs> but there is something uh, very positive about an environment where, yes, Jason and I are technically uh, frenemies. You know, we if a new bar opened up uh, equidistant between my house and Jason's house, and we were able to try and go land it as a new opportunity. Um, I think if he landed it, I'd be happy for him. And if I landed it, he'd be happy for me. Um, but there's, there's definitely not a sense of competition the way that there is with other brands. And I think that that's because we understand that the, the world is, is, is big enough like Aaron Burr, you know, (laughs) there's, there's room for both of us in this, in this area. And, despite that despite uh our success being an opportunity that the other doesn't get to have um like you said that that speaks volumes for his character for stepping up to help a literal competitor uh in a in a bad way and that's you know he's a really really good friend and i could say that about almost everybody on the on the co-op that i know at the personal level that i know most there's a few people that i don't know nearly as well but i Guarantee that they probably do the same thing.
1: It's, I mean, it's it's good to hear that, like you said, even though your competitors, you're still friends. You're still going to have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, I'm I feel a little isolated in that because I'm down here in Louisville. You all are up in uh, you know Chicago area and everything. So you know you can help each other out in that way. Uh, I don't know what would happen if. I kind of just, you know, said, I don't want to do it, which kind of almost happened. Uh, You know, the little story I told you where they didn't send me the questions on the Tuesday. And I was like, I drive 35 minutes to get to this venue and I drive 35 minutes to get home from this venue. And it's not even really my venue. This guy uh, had it. Uh, They said, oh, he's got a change in his work schedule. Can you cover it for a little while? Well, it's been a, a few months, a little while now. And I, he actually showed up that Tuesday. He was uh, off early that day. And he said, oh, hey, how you doing, man? And I said, well, great. When are you coming back? He says, oh, I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, and I, I'm actually subbing in at another venue for another guy down here. I don't know how many Louisville hosts they have or how many of them would step up. But at the moment, I'm hosting all of the company's two big shows <laughs> you know the the for every week so far uh and at the one that I had taken over there uh there had been times where it's just two or three teams showing up and you've probably you know heard the old story like no matter how many people are in the audience you put on the show and you know it must go on and I'm all about that but when it gets down to where they're just kind of there and sitting there and just going through the motions. And, and I'm not talking about me going through motions. It's almost like some of them were just like, yeah, we're here. Let's have some trivia. It's like, Oh, okay. It's like, I'm trying to make this as fun as possible for everybody. And it was getting to the point where, boy, I, I don't know that I want to come down here anymore. Uh, but just a serendipitous little thing happened where two new teams showed up on that, tuesday evening and we had a lot of fun we had a lot of uh ribbing back and forth uh they had a good time and they said this was a lot of fun we're gonna come back next week and i said i I will see you next week then i you know it's like that gave me that little bit of invigoration that it's like i'm doing this for people that want to have fun and luckily That week, there were some people there that wanted to have fun, and I was so grateful to have those people show up. So that staved off a little bit of the burnout for me. I'm hoping that, you know, more positivity will will start to come when restrictions start to lift off of uh, all the restaurants. You know, that's that's the hope we're all having, uh, because I know the situation is different everywhere, you know, around the country, around the world. And. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, you've you've got your own troubles, tipster, uh, in in those ways as well.
0: Yeah, kind of off the back of that, really. I've uh, I've come into this from a very different angle because I never did in-person games. I started in the middle of this mess. He says <laughs> wildly gesturing outside. Um, uh, so this, for me, trivia writing was an outlet. It was my way of disconnecting from what's going on with the world because I can focus on human achievement and the Internet of Things um, and present that to people as a way to do the same. Um, That's how it started out for me. Um, So it's really weird where I'm now in this position where I've been doing it for that long. I've had uh, the odd hiccup here and there where... Um, you know, I've had a week where a round didn't go well, it went badly, and that's, you know, hit my confidence a bit and I've had to pick myself up after that. Um which, you know, my self-confidence is ah, to begin with, hence the slogan, lower your expectations, because I am not a <laughs> professional. Um but I'm at the point now where I feel like I, I need a break. Um which is weird because the world is kind of getting to that point where I'm having to get used to doing this trivia stuff and also dealing with the rest of the world um, that's also in this limbo state now where we're kind of going back to things and kind of not and who knows what's going on. Um, So my, my life outside of trivia is very much kind of in limbo. It hasn't been this up in the air in a while. Um, so I, I'm about to take my biggest break. In fact, when this comes out, I'm about to come off the biggest break I've had since I've started. So how how do you deal with burnout? How do you kind of cut, pick yourself up and come back from that? Because for me, this is this is my first real time dealing with it. Um and i've I've kind of sat there and i've set out a schedule that you know i'm gonna aim to be back on this date but is there any other kind of tips or any other ways that you've dealt with it that could potentially help
2: one of the things that i have found to to help me back out of when i feel i'm getting close to burnout or after the the real bad flame out i had earlier this year um one of the things that really helped is actually the the time that I took off. Just like I said, having the pressure of having to do this every week kind of lifted from me for a second, kind of allowed my brain to de-junkify itself and kind of get back to a you know a regular resting level. But when I got back into writing the next the next week for my next upcoming game, I did exactly the same thing that I do every week. I made myself some coffee, I sat down at the computer. I got a lo-fi playlist in the background, just kind of something to keep things calm. And I and I put myself in a position where I know that I write the best that also kind of involved um, making sure that it was on a day that Marcy had the day off, too, so that um, she could help me with the boys so that I kind of was able to really focus on on what I needed to do. And by putting myself in, a, in the circumstances where I know I am able to work the best. It all just kind of came back like the the time off itself uh, had only lasted the couple days where I would have to be writing and then I would normally have my normal downtime after a game. But it felt like it stretched longer because I didn't have that period of stress at the beginning of the week before a game. And then when I began to kind of recuperate, uh, sitting back down on my chair, drinking from, you know, drinking coffee and listening to music and, and starting to lay out the skeleton for my upcoming game, it felt fresh again. So I think the time off itself may be the most important part. If you get to the point where you are burnt out, that you realize that you need to take a step back, that initial step back is going to be one of the most important things, at least in my own experience. That's how, that's how it happened with me. When I sat back down, everything felt fresh and ideas were coming to mind i had my my bonus rounds kind of mapped out really fast i'm like oh that's a really fun idea you know like it, it all just kind of felt normal again it didn't feel quite so scary
0: it almost seems like you have this kind of ritual that you get yourself into before you sit down and write a game is that yeah kind of the case that's the vibe yeah, i'm getting
2: and- And that's one of the that's one of the things that made the burnout so scary is that like that's supposed to be the I'm I'm beginning to do this task. I know that this is what I need to do before this happens, and then you set up all those steps and then nothing happens. That's so it's kind of a double-edged sword a little bit, Mm. you know, that um and I was a little worried that when I sat down the same thing would happen. Um but, you know, that little bit of time off did definitely help. Cause my
0: biggest fear going into this. Um, to be honest with you is that like i I'm very much a person of routine, but unfortunately, when I get out of a routine, it is really really hard to get back into it. I'm with you on that uh, uh Corey uh have you got any experiences uh kind of in the same vein
3: yeah actually um i I do think that that what Jeff said is kind of first choice you know if you're able to take the time off absolutely do that but uh another thing something that i've done in the past when i was you know feeling that burnout feeling overwhelmed uh but wasn't able to take a break is just do the most low effort show i could and i mean legit like i i went back you know into my archives and i i found a uh a trivia round from my very first year of hosting trivia uh, that I happened to have done like on that same date, you know, a a June 27th trivia from 2015 or whatever. And I just pulled that. And when I went to my event, I said, Hey, you know, uh, we're, we're going into the archives here. Here is a round that I wrote five years ago today. Uh, We're going to kind of, have some fun with it. It's, it's horrible and it's shitty because I was just learning what to do, but we're going to compare, you know, how I've grown and, and, uh, you'll all be able to appreciate how much better things are now. And it, I think emotionally, at least it helped so much because first of all, leading up to it, I didn't have to do any work. I I literally Mm -hmm. just, I took the existing questions and slideshow and everything. And I, I just used those. Um I went into the event saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm acknowledging that these aren't going to be the best questions." Uh so you can complain all you want, but it's not going to change anything. These are old ones. It's it's highlighting the differences now, and it just I was able to not stress or worry about anything. Just kind of it allowed me to just go through the motions of just ask the questions, show the answers, grade the sheets and be done and not take on any of the other real stress or responsibility. And that that helped a lot too. You know, it, it probably would have been better if I'd been able to take the day off. But since I wasn't, I think it was a good kind of secondary option. Just reduce the responsibilities and the stresses as much as you can.
0: So is this a live game you were doing? Yeah, yeah, this was a live okay. game
3: but before the lockdown. Right. So it wasn't actually five years after June or whatever, but uh, it, it happened late last year. And, uh, yeah, and and it went over well. I mean, we had people laughing at uh, how stupid some of the questions were. <laughs> uh, there, there were some that were extremely topical at the time and meant literally nothing now. There was at least one question that was like this happened yesterday. It's <laughs> like, no, well, actually it <laughs> didn't. Good luck remembering it. Um, but it it was just it was so low pressure. Uh because they weren't expecting much, I didn't have to do much, and it it just kind of let me coast instead of having to mm-hmm. to put too much into it
0: because yeah I feel like burnout hits in two different ways like you're either you're either burnt out with the writing side of things or alternatively and kind of much much worse is you get burnt out over the hosting or Um, both (laughs) or both Yeah. yeah um and I I'm not getting burnt out over the hosting so much as the presentation I guess like it's it's the prep. It's not so much the writing because the writing I have a lot of lovely friends here at the co-op that I can ask to help me with. <laughs> um, but it's it's taking those and putting them in a format that is legible and looks nice, I suppose, that I'm having trouble with right now. So like, I think part of my time off is going to be spent streamlining that process. I'm not 100%
2: certain on that, though. That was Scottish. actually something that I was going to suggest is you said you had a hard time getting back into uh, a rhythm once you break that cycle. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even just working on it a little bit as if you were going to be hosting a game that week Um, the same way that you normally would in your week's preparation to a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Just knowing that you don't have to present it and you have a little bit more time to build on it and maybe maybe it's just writing one mechanics round or coming up with one question you know over a you know a, a little bit of extra time if you keep that rhythm but don't have the pressure of presenting maybe that'll maybe that'll help you keep up the the kind of ritual that you have going now that you're worried about breaking you know it, i you know i don't want to suggest that during your break you continue to work uh, mm-hmm. but you know maybe even just a little bit of sitting down and trying to get the normal back to get that to get that burnout kind of pushed away and and just say you know no matter what happens i'm going to sit here for five minutes and see if i can't write one question just the same way that you normally would go get a cuppa sit down at the computer and you know see, see what happens
0: spill tea everywhere yeah, yeah, exactly. The usual. It's a persistent yeah. <laughs> exactly persistent flailing my, my, yeah exactly persistent flailing my way of being um uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I want to I have a suggestion for you
3: too. if if you're experiencing this burnout and and doing the same thing and, you know, trying to uh, achieve the same level of quality or whatever. Stop, just do something different. And I don't mean stop posting trivia, but uh, especially time wise right now, I mean, you're in a perfect position to change things up after this three week break. Go into the new year, go into 2021, calling it season two of Tipster and have a new format or a new uh, graphical uh, experience. Change things up, make it different. Um, Bust out of the, the format that's causing the burnout. Do something exciting and different and new. And, you know, maybe do that every six months or something. Uh, so that you don't get into that again
0: so you're saying pivot the format don't pivot straight into overwatch got it <laughs> or do both or, or do both both is play, good play play uh,
3: overwatch while asking questions
0: <laughs> no no have you seen me try and play <laughs> Fps oh my goodness it's bad it is bad I get on the point. Um, <laughs> spe- speaking of getting on the point um it is time for this week's point uh our keyword challenge
2: hooray Uh-oh. yay segue
3: oh is that the point of this week <laughs> uh I, I mean it's a point
0: that we have to hit cory
3: that's true that is true all right well then let's do it
0: Okay, so uh, each week we take a random keyword submitted to us by you, the wide trivia community out there, um, which you can do by sending us an email to quadriviapod at gmail.com or heading to quadriviapodcast.com. And this week's keyword
2: is what, Jeff? Well, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go go ahead, Jeff. (laughs) All right. uh, This week's keyword is percussion from david flora in chicago hey you're in chicago do you know david i do i know a bunch of daves would you like me to sing the these are the daves i know song of all the daves i know no No. i i don't i don't know if uh david flora and i have met chicago
1: these are the daves of our lives
2: (laughs) oh god
3: (laughs) david flora (laughs) with percussion this will be fun this will be exciting um reminder to to all the listeners we will be using this word uh not only the word percussion but we are using it in the uh we're not taking anything away from it so it'll be used in this form um yeah as opposed to doing like percussive uh or something like that and we're all going to write the same question about fire emblem
4: and come (laughs) back
3: and and present it to you uh I'm excited. This is, this will be a good one. I think per, percussion right. uh, yeah, there's gives some room to I, I work think there's with. There's
2: a here. lot of stuff to to cover. That's
1: I can't wait to see what you drum up out of this one. Now oh, listen, don't don't, don't beat get yourself up over this. Okay. I oh. thought Jason wasn't
2: on this episode, I so, didn't have to worry about the puns. <laughs> who's got the clock set for ten minutes? Uh
0: um, oh, I can do it. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, I, I we'll, think just,
3: we
1: can, we'll just against... have Corey countdown from six hundred.
2: There we go. <laughs> Nah, we'll we'll snare Jeff into that role. So we will take 10 minutes off mic to write the best question that we have, uh, putting percussion in either the question or as part of the answer. Uh, and your 10 minutes begin right now. 600, 599,
0: 598. And fade into
2: porn music. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you, you can check us out online at Quadrivia Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast, and you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. Five, four, three, two. Well, and six hundred. Whoo! That was ten minutes, everybody. I believe uh, I should, it. Yeah, I probably should try to go write my question since I've been acting as the timer for everybody <laughs> else. So, James, why don't you kick us off with your question?
1: All right, everybody. So we're doing dealing with the keyword of percussion. So my question is: What company, founded in Constantinople in 1623, is one of the oldest manufacturers of music? Instruments in the world selling cymbals, drumsticks, percussion mallets, and other drum accessories. The name literally means cymbalsmith in Armenian.
2: I know this lights out because of where I work, so I'll let you guys try to figure this out.
0: We're looking for a word that's Armenian. Okay, I know. Oh, God, I can see it. I can see it because I've seen cymbals with it on. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I think I'm on the same
3: wavelength as you, Tipster. Um, Yeah.
0: Like it starts with like a Z and has a J in it, I think. Is that the right one? Yeah, it starts
3: with
0: a Z, has a J in it. No, no, it's a Z. 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 Has has a J in it. It's got two dots next to each other. So like an I and a J or
2: a J and an I. Like. Unless they're doing a motorhead
0: thing. Are
3: we on the right track, Jeff? Is this, or yes. are we just like, wait? Uh, everything like...
2: that everything you've said, even the argument over Zed versus Z, yes. <laughs>
3: like like Zian or something like that? It's Oh man, that's really close.
0: I, 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 I can see it. I can't pronounce it.
3: Yeah, I, I think we've demonstrated knowledge of it. Jeff, will you <laughs> save us here? Yeah, it's it's Zildjian.
4: Zildjian. Yeah, yeah, it is Zildjian okay.
1: Z or Z i l d j i a n, literally means symbolsmith in Armenian.
3: I had no idea that they were you know almost uh, four hundred years old. Actually,
1: mm-hmm. all yeah, we're just three years away from that big anniversary. That's crazy. So they're huh. uh they've they've been uh yeah doing it for uh. It's, in, it's Constantinople. I, I think that uh, they might be giants did a song about Constantinople That's and it. they used a this drum ain't... machine, but.
3: I think we'll you mean, mean Istanbul, using... not Constantinople.
1: Well, oh. it it's now in Istanbul. It it's was Istanbul,
2: Constantinople. not Constantinople.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time gone, Constantinople.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you're supposed to meet with somebody to buy a symbol in Constantinople, they'll be waiting in Istanbul. You could, got it. That's the way. Them. <laughs> i think now for this question and the only the only reason that this is would even come up for me would be that um i know this from my job where i work with musical instruments um but i think that this might be a really hard name pull for anything other than the fact that it's like a 400 year old company like, there might be some people that know it from that little trivia tidbit, but I, I would say that most people or most players probably wouldn't know the name of a cymbal manufacturer unless they were musicians. Uh, granted, I, was, I know we're kind of pinned by talking yeah. about percussion. Now, um, I was
1: thinking that I would have put a clue in there, like what company whose name begins with a Z or a Z. Uh, I realize that that may not be a huge clue, but it would at least hopefully get the, some people thinking in that direction.
3: Yeah. Well, see, for me, I'm, I'm not a musician. I mean, I've got an uncle who plays drums, but uh, for me, it was more like that was the... I've seen Zilgian before. You've seen it in music videos and in, you know, if you were reading magazines back in the day, You'd see uh, ads for, for Zildjian or for Cymbals. Um, none of the other like talking about drumsticks and mallets and stuff didn't mean anything to me. I 100% uh, relate Zildjian to Cymbals in my head. Uh, and just saying that the name means Cymbalsmith in Armenian was the only thing that kind of pushed me towards that uh, because I was like, oh yeah, that that is a foreign sounding name. Um, but knowing that it's 400 years old or founded in Constantinople, uh, it didn't really, those weren't relevant to me getting there.
1: Yeah. Um, I was thinking it would be worth mentioning the Constantinople part, the 1623 part.
2: Yeah. And I didn't mean to say
3: that it's not worth bringing up. I just mean, for, for my end to the question, uh, it was just picturing it in my head. That's one of the only symbol makers I can think of. Likewise.
0: I mean, yeah. That's why I just kind of honed in on it and went, Oh God, it's that word. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> like just, just the haze of memory was just kind of, it's one of those that it's like, I, I know it. I, I know what it is, but I can't write it down. Well, um, you know,
1: Hey, real quick, as a quick aside, if someone were to turn in a written answer and they were, you know, a little bit close with the name, I mean, you'd be pretty lenient with this one, would you? I would, yeah. Okay. If I were going to go multiple choice, I might take out the Armenian clue, possibly, uh, you know, because then it's almost like which of these words looks and sounds most Armenian, and uh, I'd rather you get it from knowing, you know, maybe picking up on the Constantinople Turkish area instead.
3: Yeah. I I think that as an open choice uh, question, uh, the way that you presented it, I I think it's actually perfect. I I think it works really well. I think that um, the way tipster and I uh, were able to work towards that. I mean, obviously uh, having Jeff as a major music industry guy uh, helped us out here but i think your typical trivia team is going to have somebody who likes music and would probably between uh you know again between tipster and i's banter back and forth somebody on a team is going to come up with that or at least has a decent chance of coming up with it
1: um yeah so i, I like you guys it definitely as it got is. real close i wouldn't mind seeing this as a, a slightly more difficult question i mean if it's going to be a you know lower 30 to 40 percent pull then i'd be okay with that i expect that one to be a little bit you know a little bit on the difficult side that's okay all right so now that i've done my question about percussion let's see what Corey has on tap for us
3: i'm excited for this one it's not the uh it's not a novel as i've been wanting to do lately a percussion cap is an important part of some instruments that basically provides reliability in a variety of conditions it consists of a cylinder with one enclosed end that protects the inside of the piece from moisture while it's being used. The assassination of Abraham Lincoln was famously timed so the gunshot would occur at the same time as which percussion cap utilizing instrument.
1: I've got a thought on it that this might be an instrument that's not normally an instrument. But, no, that doesn't make... but because it does say it's an important part of some instruments, so...
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on the same wavelength as you on this one. I think.
2: All right. Yeah, I'm on I'm on board too. I've been thinking so much about instruments that I'm not thinking. I'm thinking the same as you guys. I think, maybe.
0: Because <laughs> I have a th- think think uh, think. Because I I feel like it was timed to to go with something like a a twenty one gun salute or something like that, or something along those lines. My yeah. thought
1: was 1812 overture type thing.
0: Oh fair.
2: Yeah, I, I think that he's being sneaky and that a percussion cap for this instrument, it's not a musical instrument. I think it's literally a gun. That he Yeah, that there was a firearm that went off or a gun that went off on the on the stage. Uh and so the timing of that wouldn't be completely crazy, you know. So you try to line it up. I'm, a, I'm assuming i'm assuming okay just to be clear
1: sneaky. i'm i'm going towards cannon like that the percussion cap would perhaps uh protect the fuse for example now Ooh. i I can, I can completely see where uh a cap could protect say like you know where gunpowder is being put in or something but mm-hmm. i just wanted to let you know that i'm going on that
2: wavelength myself
0: okay yeah i i can see that as well that's Oh heck.
2: Yeah. I, I think that I think it's both viable. Uh like I was imagining the old timey muskety type guns. I guess, well yeah. I guess if he used a Oh well no, because it's saying that he that he used a gun at the same time that this other instrument was used. See now oh, I'm all turned around and now hold, I'm thinking of like hold on, wasn't Lincoln assassinated
0: in a theater? Yeah. Yeah. Would you set off a cannon in a theater? <laughs> well
1: if it's an instrumental cannon, uh, I'm sure that you could. I You're suppose not... <laughs> they just open the window for the cannonball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, 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 let the cannonball out.
2: <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not... <laughs> the heavy of all. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: what do we think? Do we do we do we at least have a, a consensus on? We think he's being tricky with the use of the word instrument. Yeah, I, I believe so.
0: Yeah, and also percussion cap is ringing something in the back of my brain that says says weapon. So do we have an answer?
2: It's a I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Dween and say cannon.
0: It's a splody thing. Yeah, a cannon <laughs> pointed
2: out of a window, so that the cannonball shoots somebody that's not in the audience. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, that is a very specific answer. Uh, it is
3: also <laughs> incorrect. Ah. You are on the right path. What, what would your second guess be? A gun. It's just a gun. That is the route you should have gone with. Uh, it is ah. definitely a firearm. More specifically, a Derringer. Uh, even more Ooh. specifically, the Derringer that shot Lincoln... Uh, a percussion cap is part of some guns uh, that keeps um, fulminate of mercury from uh, getting wet so that the, the gun can be fired in any weather.
4: Hmm. And when
3: the, ha- okay. the hammer hits the percussion cap, which ignites the mercury, which uh... then ignites the rest of the gunpowder and uh, sends off the bullet. And so it was it was a bit of a trick in that of course, the gunshot would occur when the percussion cap is used because that is how the gun is fired.
2: Um, oh, okay. I was the, thinking he timed it with something that happened on the stage.
3: He did do that as well, uh, but it, it wasn't instrumental or, or anything. It was he waited until uh, they were laughing. Oh, okay. it, it occurred oh, okay. while while Lincoln was laughing at one of the the most popular lines in the play. Um, so, so yeah, the, the so. percussion cap is what allows the gun to fire. And so it is when that's utilized that the bullet comes out.
0: So no firing cannonballs out of windows of theaters. No. No, they
3: they, No. Not not that I'm aware of anyways. Oh
2: But what is a cannon if not a really big gun? Therefore we had a really big right answer. The
0: thing is is, we went with the biggest gun possible and it turns out it's a Derringer. Uh,
2: Yes. We went the wrong way on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I see that now. You can see John Wilkes Booth
1: rolling a can <laughs> up behind Lincoln,
4: <laughs> and then screaming "freedom." Yeah. And then Corey,
1: Corey, would be standing right beside him, going three, two, one. two,
3: <laughs> Which, which makes it that much more impressive that oh, that uh, Lincoln survived. What? how how much longer after it happened oh. as a cannonball yeah, yeah, passes through
2: his head. i'm just i'm i'm imagining john Wilkes booth dressed as a waiter with a cannon just with like a cloth draped over the end like oh here's this bottle of champagne you were like just trying to sneak it down the hallway
4: just pulls it out of the, the spout of the
1: cannon i oh, just oh. <laughs> I think we broke tipster
3: Oh <laughs> well, yeah the, the big trick I was going for there Obviously being uh, That by the, the Technical definition of instrument It's just a, a tool uh, Or implement um, And a firearm Is absolutely a tool and could be called An instrument it's not a musical Instrument as one would typically Assume uh, especially with the use of Percussion but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I just I like did that it. to kind of throw people off the track and I, I feel like it came out pretty well. How about it was a good curve?
1: Y'all? It was a good curve. I like that a lot. Uh, um,
3: it's actually technically it could be a, a dirty trick question, too. It could be a DTQ because you could put gun uh, and I did say gunshot or I could re reword it uh, to be, you know, the assassination of Lincoln was time. So the firearm would go off at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that probably would have been a little more fun if Jason was here as
2: he is the DTQ <laughs> king. Pulling apart like the self-referential layers of it, it. That was really fun kind of having my brain go, I'm in musical instrument mode. And then immediately assuming that we were talking about that. And then as that layer fell back and I started realizing it was something else, I, I really liked the, the fact that it was kind of self-referential and you had to see past what we were already thinking of somewhere else. I like that yeah. a lot.
3: I actually just really enjoyed, uh, listening to your discussion about it and had to bite my tongue a few times to not say anything. Um, but it, I, I actually think this is probably one of the best keyword challenge questions I've, I've personally written. Uh, I just, I really like it from start to finish. Toot toot. (laughs) There's my horn,
0: (laughs) but (laughs) well, low your expectations. Uh, here we go. Uh, since uh, since James didn't write uh, a video game question, I thought I'd take a pop at one. Oh, what- all right. Here we go. Uh, what 2004 video game that is played using a percussion instrument instead of controller isn't about imbeciles shaking their body till they can't control themselves any longer, but features an ape busking such hits as We Will Rock You, Louie Louie, and Rock Lobster. <laughs> I'm so well, glad I, that my reputation will be intact because I do
1: know the answer to this one.
3: I, I don't yeah. know the technical answer. I I'm just going to come out and say it's it's that Donkey Kong one, right? Where you like bang on the bongos. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, that's
1: Donkey Konga but that's not what we're talking about
2: here. Oh. Well, then. Oh, I thought it was. That's that's I, the only hmm, one that I can think on. of with an ape that's busting. Well,
0: what what do you think it is, James? Oh, yeah. Oh, what the, hmm. my only other thought
1: because would have it been say, like rock band,
3: but I, I feel like rock band wasn't out in 2004 and because he mentions ape.
1: Oh, oh, you know what? Because it does say it isn't about imbeciles shaking their body because I was thinking of the shaking game. Uh, I'll go ahead and reveal what I was thinking of was Samba de Amigo, but that is technically a monkey with maracas.
2: Oh now I, I don't rem-
1: was but hang on was Donkey Konga a musically based
2: Yeah you had the yeah, you had the bongo controller game. Yeah it it was a bongo controller and you slapped either the left or the right or you like clapped above it if or i remember both. correctly Yeah
1: Ooh um you know what i will also say that those songs We will rock you Louie Louie rock lobster i don't necessarily remember those from Samba de amigo those had things like uh, the theme song to uh, "The Spy Who Shagged Me" and a lot of other, you know, Latin and and other flavored songs, if you will. So, I, uh, you know, I think that you all have convinced me that the answer is probably going to be Donkey Konga. Did was
3: R- Rock Band did come out after two thousand four? Right? Like oh yeah, too early for that. Yeah, okay. two
2: two thousand four would have been around the first few Guitar Heroes, maybe. 2004 sounds about when guitar hero one-ish okay. maybe two was out so
3: I, was, I was gonna think that maybe like the only possibility that it could be that would be you know maybe there's uh, you know like in the the games you have like the video screen behind the performer and maybe there was like an ape busking in the background but uh, it did seem too old for that so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the lead here and say final answer parappa the rappa
0: <laughs> oh, you'd be wrong what, uh, what just happened I don't know
2: <laughs> Corey curveballed us again
0: um, yes it is Donkey Konga um, nice. Guitar Hero I believe um, it was 05 uh, Rock Band wasn't till 07 um, yes uh, imbeciles aka donkeys uh, shaking their body till they can't control themselves any longer Doing. Which is um, a line from Gloria uh, Estefan and Miami Sound Machine's "Conga." Huh.
2: It's it's really surprising how much of that clue, with the exception of the songs themselves, fits "Samba de Amigo." That's that's crazy. That it did also have the monkey because I remember that that was for a Dreamcast. Yeah, like, I, uh when it first came out,
0: I I need to look this up because I haven't I've not heard of this. Yeah, neither have I. Honestly, I... so it was. Dr- it was Dreamcast, it was 99 when it came out. Uh, yeah, uh, because Dreamcast uh, is
2: the most forward-thinking, best console that ever came out, ever, with the exception of modern graphics. Do it I... had a Wii
1: version? Oh, yeah. Oh you would put goodness. the uh, Wii controllers into the maracas to shake them.
3: Ah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I love the Dreamcast. I'm, I miss that.
1: That, see... I'm, that was a a good question because it made me the so-called video game expert rethink myself. So uh, that was actually very good. Uh, I appreciate that question very much.
3: Well, and and the the level of different clues that you did put in there, like like you said, having the lyrics to a song, you know, a Conga song. Like I didn't even make that connection until you said it. So uh, I think that was very well done and a nice little. Uh, a tilt of the head in the question there
2: yeah i liked it a lot
0: it's, it's good that i'm doing my best work just as i'm about to go on my bike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey ah. that's three
1: down and yeah. i think we've got one to go uh, yeah. unless there's yeah. anything else with tipsters we ready
2: yeah i think that all just right.
3: leaves me yeah i think it was just a good all-around question so uh jeff what what do you
2: have all right uh here is my question Uh, Better known by the name Clown due to his distinctive mask, Sean Cran plays percussion, not drums, for what heavy metal band founded in Des Moines, Iowa in 1995? As a tribute to their home state, the band's second album was simply titled Iowa.
3: I didn't know his name. I didn't know his nickname. Uh, (laughs) And I don't like this band but uh, oh, I've,
0: you you know it out the gate. But I yeah,
3: but I know it one hundred percent, both from the Iowa part, and well, from both Iowa parts, and the heavy metal part. I uh, yeah, I one hundred percent.
0: I think the mask is drawing me towards a particular answer, but I'm scared that I'm just good, like that. Corey's gonna left curveball us again. <laughs> well, the
3: fact that you said my name. Uh, is also uh, interesting in context of answering this
0: question. I I, I get where you're going now. (laughs) I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: (laughs) And I'll tell you that the only reason that I think I know this one is because of a question that I asked at a show recently. I don't believe that this uh, percussionist here is the only one that wears a mask, is he? Nope. Yeah. They all wear masks, right?
2: Correct. Final um, answer Taylor uh, Swift.
1: I think I know what the answer is. Do you Tipster, do you know what it is at all?
0: Uh I I have a very like strong feeling, but I'm not 100%. Like I I'm I'm tilting towards Slipknot. That's what I'm tilting
1: towards, Corey.
3: Yeah, that's that's 100%
2: that is the correct answer when you were talking about heavy metal bands that wear masks granted there are a few more than there once were in 1995 right. uh, but the <laughs> the heavy metal band with nine members formerly nine now eight uh with the when they first came up they had two dedicated percussion players now they had joey jordanson on drums and they had uh clown and then the guy with the pinocchio nose that used to do awful incorrect things with the nose Um, they, they have like this big setup of like kegs and drums that they hit with baseball bats. And it's just this tremendous din of angry sounding metal noises. And when that first album came out, that was a tremendous thing to hear. Like, holy geez, these guys are really mad at everything. Um, but yes, uh, Slipknot is the correct answer. The, the band from Iowa known for wearing... Uh, I d- Actually, I don't know if they still wear the jumpsuits, but they used to wear, they used to wear like orange prison jumpsuits with their numbers on the back. Uh, and they didn't go by their names and they didn't take off their masks in public. Um, but Clown is probably, besides Corey Taylor, the singer, the one most well known for his involvement with the band. So I wanted to talk a little bit about percussion uh, instruments but I realized that it it was going to pull me into something crazy. So I wanted to go a little bit more pop culture with it. So, and I like Slipknot. So there you go. Uh, It's a good
3: example of using uh, the keyword to kind of uh, really pivot into the topic that you want to ask
1: about. So, Mm -hmm. and luckily it was something that I had just learned. So I was able to (laughs) put together something that I had picked up just a few weeks ago and apply it here. So, Applause all around for everybody on that one.
3: Hooray! Woo! Somehow I have uh, dated at least three different ladies that were all big Slipknot fans. Uh, and I can't stand them. I, <laughs> oh. I, I, I like metal. I love, I mean, not not the women. I, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but Slipknot. I mean. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I hate Slipknot. They've got maybe one or two songs that I'll I'll listen, like I won't turn off if it's on the radio, but never been a fan of them. Uh, and so it's been annoying that whenever Corey is said, they're like, oh, like, no, fuck off.
0: Go away. <laughs> I'm firmly in the I will listen if they're on but I won't go out of my way to put them on kind of area with Slipknot, I feel. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very much a Eh, I I don't hate it enough to turn the radio off or whatever. I
1: think I'm in my own personal little bubble. Uh, If you were to play me a Slipknot song, I don't know that I would know it, that it's them. So I can't say that I like them or dislike them. I'm neutral to Slipknot. How about that?
3: (laughs) I'll allow it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think that is the ass end of the uh, keyboard challenge here. Uh, A solid question to uh, bring us home from Jeff. Uh,
1: Good job, everybody. Well done. Uh, Well, who had the best question, though, is the question of the hour.
3: We're going to find out in a month uh, (laughs) when the listeners go to QuadriviaPodcast.com and click on the link to uh, take them to the keyword challenge and let us know which one they preferred. And if they didn't like the keyword or uh, have a good idea for another one that we could use, they should probably send us an email at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Uh, put keyword in the subject and drop us some uh, some suggestions for next time.
1: All right. Well, listen, a month is a long time to wait. So to pass the time, I wrote up a little game here with 10 questions. Would you all like to play it?
2: Yes, please. okay. Sure. I was gonna say to to pass the time I could just start <laughs> counting down yeah, a thousand right? <laughs> but I think well, the questions would be better. Let's see twenty eight right. times,
3: <laughs> times sixty times sixty times twenty four. Oh my goodness. Um Okay, but are these ten questions gonna take one month? Because if so I might bow out.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, um, you podcast listeners, if you want, you can (laughs) pause after each question, wait two days, uh, and then you can, uh, or, you know, even better, uh, listen to a question, wait a day, listen to the answer, and, uh, you know, space it out. Take a weekend off here or there, and by the time that uh, we're all done, (laughs) it'll be the end of February.
3: (laughs) we are the ones who need to pass one month, not them. When yeah. when they're listening to us, it's already out.
0: Also, if yeah. this takes a month, that editor will hate <laughs> us, just saying.
1: All right, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and, and start off. Now, I'll tell you what I've done here is because we are recording on December 27th of 2020, I am doing an end-of-the-year review. Uh, and, you know, we had spoken about Writer's Block, and it was like, boy, how do I come up with 10... Decent, you know, somewhat positive spin questions. And I did get a little bit of help from Aaron from Orange Cat Trivia. So I want to give a shout out to Aaron. Thank you very much for sending me some inspiration and questions. And I did massage them slightly so that they uh, uh, fit my formatting a little bit better. So uh, if you all yeah. are ready, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to begin with number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, they had an epic fourth quarter comeback to win their first Super Bowl title in 50 years. But which team took the loss in the big game against them?
3: Look, can we call this number 10 and we count down to number one? <laughs> I was
1: just about to say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my god. Goodness.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, tipster. Uh, yeah. I, I know that we're trying to be more worldly conscious, uh, so... <laughs> Uh, I I promise that I'll try to do better next time. It's
0: uh, it's fine. I'm used to it by now. Is the world not uh, up to date on the Kansas City Chiefs? It the I, I mean Super Bowl. Okay, who was at the Super Bowl this year? Come on, <laughs> God. Okay, I'm now going through NFL teams in my head, <laughs> and I. God, he said it. I'll tell you.
1: I mean, if you can uh, come up with NFL teams, that's more impressive than I'd be able to come up with any football teams over in <laughs> Europe. The only one I can come up with consistently is Man U. And that's about it. Madrid Real. That's,
2: that's the extent. Tottenham oh Hotspur was, that's the one I remember. Cause it's crazy sounding. If we, if we started alphanumerically, oh. it might be the first one that you said. Oh, the minor 59ers. <laughs>
0: wait no that's a scooby-doo villain Um... (laughs) oh my god
3: it's the falcons what's the next question
1: (laughs) um no
3: wait no it's not
2: no yeah (laughs) oh my
1: goodness
2: you can't turn around and talk crap about me (laughs) it is the 49ers
1: yeah my tipster
2: was surprisingly
1: close san francisco 49ers yeah So, yeah, you were were close. You almost got it there.
0: I was was (laughs) 10 years out. It's fine. (laughs)
1: I'll give you credit. All right. Counting down to number nine. Ming the Merciless might be pleased that what game and animation software reached its end of support in December of 2020?
0: I love this question already. Just putting that out there.
2: I, I also very much appreciate this question.
0: Well somebody should yeah. say the answer then.
2: It's it's I, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna save myself here. Flash our uh, savior of the universe.
2: <laughs> He'll no. save every one of us. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the correct answer is Adobe Flash, also known as Macromedia Flash, way back when. Homestar oh. runner, everybody.
0: Oh yeah. oh yeah, the Adobe as well. Oh, Homestar, stupid. I want this stuff.
1: Did you know that Homestar, actually, they just updated uh, their game Stinko Man 20XD6 to include their what? final 10th level? Uh, and you
0: have four days to beat it, so... Oh, <laughs> no no way. way. No joke. Well, I mean, by the time they hear this podcast, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. there, there will be ways, but yeah. There are, but modern versions of Flash have a kill switch in them. So you'll have to download like an old version of Flash to play it. Uh, I'm sure that some, there, there are, uh, there's going to be archive, a work around. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll get there. All right, let's keep counting down. Number eight, Kanye West surprised his wife, Kim Kardashian, with a gift that she called the most thoughtful gift of a lifetime. Special surprise from heaven. What was it?
2: Dear God. <laughs> I don't even have an in on this.
0: Cannot... Time away, time away from
2: Kanye. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Is, was it Kim or one of the, her sisters that discovered eating cereal with milk this year? Oh, uh, and everybody. What? Mine. Yeah, I remember. That, I remember that being a thing. Like somebody, like one of them, posted, "Oh, I put milk in my cereal. It's great." And everybody was like, "What the fuck were you doing with your cereal before?" Or like, I, I might be totally misremembering that but just like absorbing it through their pores or something probably
3: <laughs> i have no idea what this
0: one would be i oh goodness okay what would Kanye west do he'd buy her a pair of his shoes yeah but that's not going to be
2: thoughtful gift of the of a he'd lifetime give her a discount on yeah <laughs> an advanced copy an advanced copy of his album <laughs> the the, the ch- you wanna- that she's also on.
0: Yeah,
3: he announced um, that he won't run again in 2024.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh
3: god,
2: I I, I um, have I have nothing on this at no.
1: all. It's a big pop culture. Like I don't remember hearing anything. I think you'll remember when you hear the answer. You're I remember
0: to- it being in an NME, so it's like not hugely obscure, but it's.
2: It sounds like an end. Finally, it's got to be something stupid. Like he bought her like an island or something. Like it's either that gonna... or like a spatula. Like you have to go to both. <laughs> like here is uh, the simple thing that cost me thirty two cents, or here is a literal island. I think it was something techie.
4: I don't know.
3: I'm bowing yeah. out of this one.
0: Yeah, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs>
3: I'll just keep recycling my own stupidity, and uh, <laughs> eventually it'll land. I,
0: I, yeah, I, I've got nothing apart from, I think it was something techie, but I'm not 100% certain.
1: Uh, yeah, you were on the right track. It is something techie. He got her a hologram of her father, Robert Kardashian. It was Isn't a hologram recording, somehow. of Of
0: her dead her, father
1: yes who passed away back in 2003 i believe and of course being from kanye one of the things that the hologram of the father said was something along the lines of kanye is the most 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 oh most most genius man in the whole world that that,
0: we, that can't oh, be real are we are what? we sure are we sure the hologram oh didn't have like a glitch and just stutter for a bit <laughs> oh my god
1: Uh, uh, no, I mean, uh, I, yeah, it, it almost pained me to remember this fact and and come up with this question because it's like, how do you do that? How do you say, I want to give you a special memory of, of someone from your past. And by the way, I'm really, really smart for doing it. You know, it was, oh yeah, you can look it up. You can probably find video of it. I know it's out there because I what saw. Was Ken-
0: it.
2: What was Kanye doing back in two thousand and three? Like that would have been around his that first been... album, his first production stuff, like when the yeah, jams.
3: Been... He he uh, didn't get this in two thousand three, right? No, no, oh, but... no,
1: but I mean it I'm was like... obviously a produced hologram, but oh, oh. it's a deep fake hologram i guess you could call it that yeah
3: it it couldn't just be like a a visual like i'd assume it'd have to be like you could see it in person otherwise it wouldn't be a hologram it would just be
2: well yeah video well they had they had tupac at coachella a couple of years ago so i mean it's not outside the realm of possibility yeah that would have oh, been really God. funny if that got switched and Robert Kardashian was at Coachella and Tupac showed up. <laughs> here, I mean, honey, I got you I got you Tupac. Wait a minute. I got...
1: If Tupac's here, then who's at Coachella? <laughs> Sweet <Scoop>. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, I think we need to let them move on and we're going to move to number yeah. 7 on our big countdown here. So listed as the top-selling book on Amazon uh as of Christmas Day, who is the author of A Promised Land? Here's a hint. His wife wrote the number 7 seller, Becoming. Oh. I th- oh, think okay. I know this.
0: Yeah. I think the Becoming clued me in on this. Um but it's it's Barack Obama, I was, right?
3: I was going to say, I, I was first
0: trying to think of husband and wife
3: authors, um, but as soon as I moved to celebrities, uh, Obama was my first thought, too.
2: Yeah. I it, I bought uh, Marcy a couple books for Christmas this year, and that was one of the ones that was on display when I went into the store. So yes, I believe it is Barack Obama.
1: And I believe that you're right. Barack Obama wrote A Promised Land and... Michelle wrote becoming that's correct number 6 Crayola introduced Colors of the World crayons this past May what precisely is represented in this set of crayons
2: I think that's just skin tones right Yeah I'm pretty sure and I know that they it was multiple years ago I want to say that they got rid of quote unquote flesh and changed it to peach because not all flesh is peach colored Uh, But I believe that that is exactly what it was. It was a set of uh, a bunch of different skin tones. Uh, I'm willing to go with you on this. Yeah. Yeah. They have
1: boxes of 24 or 32. It is multicultural skin tones. You're absolutely right on that.
4: It's awesome. I like that.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Number five. What celebrity inadvertently insta a picture of his super soldier, then quickly deleted it and flipped it around by tweeting, hey, now that I have your attention, vote November 3rd.
2: (laughs) What? I know know this one. (laughs) Okay, is super
0: soldier innuendo for something here? Yes, it is.
2: Okay.
3: (laughs) I'm assuming it's penis. Uh, But what I also want to know is, is that a Chris Evans reference? Did Chris Evans do that?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, that's an American. If, if I'm
2: remembering it. Yeah, if I'm remembering it correctly, that is correct. So oh,
1: wow. you, you're wondering why and how Chris Evans would have done that, right? It's not like probably in his nature. Uh, so the answer. Yeah, the answer is Chris Evans. What had happened was uh, apparently he was playing the game heads up. With uh, his family, and he was posting the video to Instagram, but when the video cut, it then showed some of his previous uh, camera roll shots, which happened to have uh, the slightly, (laughs) you know, unsavory bit there. But uh, he he deleted it and said, hey, now that I have your attention, go vote.
3: (laughs) Holy shit. I wouldn't have gotten that if it weren't for the, the use of Super Soldier, but uh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> All right. Counting down the hits to number four. Included in the paper since 1939, September saw the end of what specific kind of listings in the New York Times print edition?
0: Oh, heck, is this like Rush Hour Crush or something? I would think, I don't know what that is. Uh, so it's... I saw you, uh, oh. brunette, oh, miss carrying books at the station. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I would think like like dating ads or or comics are the only two kinds of things that I would maybe think of. But uh, this is another one. I feel I I haven't heard anything about this, so I'm not sure. Like,
2: like personals, listings. like maybe just personals. That, like that, yeah. now that there's now that there's the internet for that, yeah, maybe it they fun. decided to do something else. That's not a bad well, guess.
0: I mean, yeah, the internet has more space, right? Yeah. Um Yeah.
1: Okay. Personals. Yeah. Well, what if I told you to key in on that first part that says it's included in the paper since nineteen
0: thirty nine? Oh. Oh no. it's no, it's um it's listings. It's uh uh schedule, um T V guide. There you go, Tipster. You uh, oh, got it. Okay. It's the T V oh, listings.
1: Yeah. Wow they they actually uh, had had it just in the New York edition for a, a number of years. But this past September, they just finally said there's too much in the way of cable and streaming, and there's pretty much no sense in having it in the print edition. So they cut it out. So the TV listings are no more in the New York Times.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, we're kind of on the same path, you know, like this. Yeah. All right. I'm OK with that. I'm OK with being wrong about that. But well done, Tippy. Good guesses, though, all all around.
1: I didn't expect to hear, like, personals and things like that. Those were uh, some good things there. Yeah, you try, Yeah. Number number three, name the Oscar winners for Best Lead Actress and Best Supporting Actress from the February 2020 award show. They won for the movies Judy and Marriage Story,
0: respectively. Oh, my God. Marriage Story was a big meme this year.
2: Who is it? with With the wall punch? The uh, I know Judy outright. OK, I think uh, I know marriage story, but I have
3: no idea about Judy. Oh,
2: heck. OK, well, I, I can, you know, I'll I'll give a little bit of time so that the, the listeners have a, a minute to think about it before I reveal. But um, I didn't see Judy before uh, the Oscars. And so I had assumed uh, that this person wasn't going to win based on, oh. on my other opinions. Uh, but I, if I remember correctly, uh, Judy was Renee Zellweger in the role of Julie of, <laughs> Julie, of Judy Garland, not Julie Garden. <laughs> really? Oh! Yeah. yeah. That it, makes it, sense, yeah. I hadn't seen it, and then I saw the, the clips of her in the role, and I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> she looks really good. Like, it, it was really, really well done.
1: Anything on the marriage story one?
3: Uh, on that, I was thinking Laura um, Dern as Admiral Holdo.
1: Yes. And, and Ellie
3: from <laughs> Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah. And whatever else she's been in.
2: Yeah, because uh, Scarlett Johansson was up for Best Actress for that. Uh, that's who I thought it might have been. Was, I, or I thought it might have been Scarlett Johansson, but she was up for Best Actress for that, not Best Supporting Actress. So I think you're right. I think it is Laura Dern. All right, folks, you
1: are two for two. Renee Zellweger, one for Judy. Laura Dern, one for Marriage Story. So you got that 100% correct. Nice. Nice. All right. Coming down to number two. What Ohio hometown of Guy Fieri has been petitioned to change its name to Flavortown? Collecting over 130,000 signatures in Flavor of Doing so.
2: I had I had asked this question at, at my game, so if anybody this else has, wants to, this one has come up for me too.
3: So
1: I'm I'm on this
3: one.
2: Oh no, oh so,
3: you tipster! Here I'll my... tell you what
1: tipster. I'll give you a little bit of a give you a little bit of a hint here. Okay. Okay. Um. Now, of course. The idea of celebrating Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri, however you want to say it, being from the hometown is one thing, but they also wanted to get away from the negative connotation of the city name.
0: Columbus. There you go.
1: Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Very nice. All right, folks, we've got down to the number one question of the year. And guess (laughs) what? (laughs) Tipster. That means they could actually have a mayor of Flavortown. (laughs) True. (laughs) <laughs> Why not Guy Fieri? What's he doing, right? <laughs> All right, this tipster, by the way, is something that will probably be in your wheelhouse. It is not American centric. So okay. here we go with our final question: What 94 year old broadcaster set a Guinness World Record by reaching one million followers on Instagram in four hours forty four minutes?
2: I know this. I have a guess. I I, I think I also have a guess. If it's I, I don't know that
3: I, I don't know if this person's considered a broadcaster, so I don't know how good my guess is.
0: I did this question verbatim a while ago.
3: Um, Jeff, is your guess the brother of another Jurassic Park actor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's where I was going to. Is would he be considered a broadcaster?
0: yes
3: definitely well i literally only know him from documentary voiceovers
2: nothing else i I thought i remember seeing exactly that pop up in in my reddit news feed we're all together on.
0: we're all on the same page right yeah it's 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 david attenborough
2: uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, no, ah, no. David Edinburgh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who? Yeah. Was later swiftly taken over by someone else, if I remember correctly. Like a couple of weeks after. Mm. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not I, aware of I, that one. Uh, I. It's not. It's not Jennifer Aniston because Jennifer Aniston was the one that he overtook. Um. Oh God, mm. I'm look. I'm looking through the archives now. Uh. Uh, da, 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 da. Rupert Grint. Because Rupert Grint really? posted a picture
1: of his baby. Yeah, Huh. Four hours uh, and one minute, it says. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But you're right. Jennifer Aniston seemed to have it, uh, followed by Sir David Attenborough, and then Rupert Grint. All right. Yeah. Rupert Very Grint. Cool, huh? that, that just... That just sounds like such a, it doesn't even sound like an actor's name. It sounds like a character from Harry Potter to me. Well,
3: it's It's his stage name uh, when he doesn't want to be known as,
0: as uh, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it the wrong way around. Rupert Grint's stage name is Ed Sheeran.
4: <laughs> oh,
0: got it. He, he yeah. puts
3: on the accent and.
0: Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, knew it, I knew it was something like that. Uh, am I am I going to invoke the the ire of uh, people all over the the UK for not knowing that
0: David Attenborough was a, a broadcaster? What what did he? Don't, he just like a no, no documentaries doctor? that that makes him oh. a broadcaster. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure. I
3: didn't realize that that.
0: Uh, okay. Um, no. Uh, I mean. He's also done other stuff. he's been a uh, program controller of BBC2 um long list of stuff. um I think he used to do news was he was he director general at some point? I don't know. F- think he might have passed it up. um but yeah, he's been in the industry for a lot like 60, 70 years now. Just about seventy years, yeah, from nineteen fifty one which is good going because <laughs> the industry's uh, uh, you know the industry's only going been going slightly longer than that
3: i I would love if he did like a, a voiceover for a mockumentary a uh, planet earth
0: style mockumentary of Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> would he be... might... the, the, the thing is he might have done I remember something like that or at least someone. Maybe impersonating us doing that. Really, that's
2: awesome. Right, that was a good
3: set of questions. I think that that you and Aaron uh, that was in solid
2: there.
4: Yeah, good. considering how
2: much tire fire of the year was, that's a lot of pretty fun stuff to talk about without getting too. Blech about yeah, it. It yeah,
1: didn't yeah. It didn't focus on many, many negative things it could have. Yeah, I know. That's that's the last thing I wanted to pull up. You know, I mean, I think that we can all, you know, if we had to have anything ugh, in there, the uh, Kanye Kardashian thing, at least we can <laughs> point and laugh at that. But that's about the most of it. Yeah.
3: I think that those questions were a a good countdown to the end of our episode. Uh, and a, a solid way not only to exit 2020, but also uh, this podcast recording.
1: <laughs> um, well done. Thank you all. I do uh, always appreciate the chance to share with everybody. So being that we're done with questions, we're done with this podcast, I suppose, right? Yeah, I Indeed. think we
2: just need to uh, say goodbye. Uh, Corey, where can, where can the people find you in between podcasts? You can find me uh, on Twitch, Facebook.
3: They're the only places where I'm likely uh, to respond if you find me. Uh, but just find Third Degree Entertainment on Facebook or go to twitch.tv slash third degree Entertainment. I haven't been recording much lately or streaming much lately, but hopefully by the time this episode comes uh, out, I'll be back in the, the swing of things. So,
1: James, what about you? Well, you can find me here in Louisville, Kentucky at various uh, sports pubs and pizza places doing weekly trivia. Uh, you can also email me at nerd at gmail.com. <laughs> And uh, you know nobody emails me, so why don't you all send something to me—a a nice recipe or a, a little uh, a greeting or something—and I'll be sure to personally reply to you. All right? For a video <laughs> of a hologram of
0: Robert Kardashian.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's Tupac. It's Tupac. <laughs> Chris, Chris Evans, Super Soldier. No,
3: no,
2: no, 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 oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's America's super soldier.
1: <laughs>
0: Tipster, where can we find you online? Uh, you, you, can, you can find me over <laughs> at uh for our weekly pub quiz every Sunday at 7 o'clock. And on Mondays, I will be bringing you a roundup of what's going in the, on in the world of trivia on Twitch. At weekinquiz.pinnaclelarder.com.
3: Uh, before I throw it over to Jeff uh, to give his info, for those of you who are American listeners, uh, there will be a link to Tipsters Twitch in the show notes. Is the Pinnacle Larder? Yes. <laughs> the first several times I tried to find your channel. Uh, I failed because I was looking for the pina colada.
0: Oh yeah, no, my <laughs> actual my actual channel is T1PSTER. That's why I use like the website oh, when now. I was, when I was searching for your site and so yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, pinnacle lada. That the the pina colada's is the joke. Congratulations, you stumbled upon the joke. No, I got that. I just didn't want them to get confused because of your accent.
3: Oh, right, yes. Out for us poor non-accented Americans. <laughs> Not
0: a subjective thought at all, Jeff. What?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> where can we find you, Jeff? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rmt trivia, as in Riddle Me This. Uh, I stream Wednesdays as in uh, the second slot of a four-show block going from uh, six o'clock to roundabout midnight Central Time, uh, featuring also Nick from Capital Trivia, Jason with his Mega Sheep Game, uh, and our new buddy jim Norton, well, not our new buddy, but the new fourth member, uh, Jim Norton—with the Trivia Hub of Late Late Trivia Show, uh, right about midnight. So, find us there on Wednesdays. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us collectively. Uh, You can shoot us an email at quadriviapod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter uh, and Facebook at quadriviapod or find us on the website, quadriviapodcast.com.
1: Right. It's been a a hell of a year, everybody.
2: Yeah.
4: uh, Yes. indeed. I
3: was hoping that when this uh, episode comes out, we see uh, things being a little more calm, a little more mellow. Yeah. there's actually going to be... It'll be, what, exactly one week after a presidential transition? That's the 20th, right?
4: hmm
3: Interesting to see what the world looks like in one month. So uh, shoot us an email and tell us how much better things are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it from us here at the Quadrivia Podcast. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you count us
2: out? Yeah. Uh, I'll just start a countdown uh, until next week's show. Uh, maybe... I'll just start at 1,000. 1,000, 999, 998, 997, 996, 995.
4: Five,
0: four, three, three two... D- d- d-
3: Corey! <laughs> <laughs> I stopped.